Hey, it's Justin Keen. Just checking in, seeing how everybody's doing. You know, I was thinking about an old uh, Marky Mark movie, uh, Rockstar, and I was thinking it'd be cool to put uh, Stand Up and Shout. Put that bad boy on there. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think.
10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day. I uh, hope that you've been having a good New Year's, and uh, hopefully we don't get hit by that asteroid that all the news stations are talking about. They say it's going to become pretty close. Have you heard about that, Aiden? No, I haven't heard about that at all, actually. That comes off as news to me. Holy shit. Oh, I apologize. It's probably freaky. You were in a certain type of mood, a party mood, and then you hear that a, you know, Armageddon, the movie's coming at you. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah, so they say that a asteroid um, about, I'd say probably about 64 feet in length is going to be passing so close to the Earth, we're going to be able to see it clearly in the sky. And then uh, shortly afterwards, within about a month, we're going to start seeing a couple more fly by. This year is going to be asteroid meteorite type of city, uh, basically going on throughout the year. How do you feel about that? I mean, I, it, it just makes me more regrettable over the fact that we've invested so little as far as resources for detecting those are concerned. I mean, we not only that, but just how muddled our detection of those have become with uh, so many different small objects entering the Earth's atmosphere and being blown up. I don't know if you heard, but... Uh, about less than a month ago, actually, the Russians ended up testing a new uh, weapon of theirs that uh, is capable of destroying objects in the Earth's atmosphere. And that created over, I think it's like 1,500 pieces of trackable debris that are now all over the atmosphere. And not only does that make it harder to track meteorites that are coming towards our planet, but it also makes it difficult to go into space because you've got so many fucking pieces of flying metal that can tear a spaceship apart like Swiss cheese if they end up encountering them. So... <laughs> to me, it's pretty amazing that so, so few people and so few actual in what, what's the right term states, I suppose, have been capable of launching things into space and already the atmosphere is becoming clogged up with fucking garbage. <laughs> so they shot something into the atmosphere and now we've got shit flying around along with all the other shit we already had. And how did... Uh, because I haven't been looking at a lot of that kind of stuff on the news whenever it comes to political stuff because it makes me sick. It makes me just as nervous about comets hitting the fucking planet. So when did they do this and how did everybody react? I'm just about to look it up uh, as far as uh, the specific date that they did it. Just give me a moment. All right. No problem. No problem. So anyone that would like to actually join the room, the public link is in the description. Um, if I don't know who you are, I'll probably put myself on the big screen in order to cover up any anomalies that may happen. <laughs> right? Okay, let me see. Right. If, I, I want to try out this new effect that this uh, thing claims to have. Oh, yeah. All right. So, all right. Oh, cool. It puts us on the bottom and shows what is happening. Um, before we get into like pieces of debris flying around the fucking atmosphere, which is a very important subject matter, I don't know if you noticed this. Kent Hovind, as well as Matt Powell, they've been talking a lot about it. I told Matt Powell about this a while back, and he just went crazy with it, making videos over and over. But according to many different, uh, according to many different science websites out there. 
Um, one of the theories is, is that not only did the dinosaurs maybe get hit by a rock and killed themselves, but they might have actually farted themselves to death. And I figured since we're talking about the fucking atmosphere and all the shit that's flying around in it, this was a perfect segue. What do you think? I mean, hey, it's it certainly seems like a better segue than anything else that would have been brought up during the discussion, unless we get a few people talking shit out their mouths later on, you know, but hey... <laughs> Uh, natural gas emissions as far as like methane and whatnot it's it's absolutely a possibility because i mean even today you know the co2 emissions from cars and vehicles and industrial facilities are nothing compared to the methane emissions that we're seeing from all of these like factory farming conditions for these cattle and whatnot so given the fact that there's a tiny amount of cattle and uh, environment compared to the amount of dinosaurs that roam the earth at one point or another i wouldn't be all that surprising to me <laughs> Yeah, that's what I don't understand, Aiden. See, that's the reason why I love you so much. You're so damn rational and logical. It's fucking beautiful. And you're always on the wavelength and shit. Yet you call yourself atheist agnostic. You know that in our modern time, we are complaining about cows fucking up the atmosphere. Yet whenever I talk to other non-believers, they're like... Oh, so you think that hundreds of millions of dinosaurs, these big fucking monsters walking around shitting and farting all over the place ain't causing uh, just devastating damage to the atmosphere? And they're like, oh, you know, and then they say that, oh, science doesn't claim that. But look at this shit. Let's just fucking scroll down the screen a little bit here. A router, Science Daily, Science.org, everybody's fucking farting all over the damn uh, Google. <laughs> it's right there to see. How are they not noticing this? And they're calling Matt Powell a liar. They're saying he made the shit up. No, he didn't. I fucking told him about this shit, and he literally Googled dinosaur shit, and this is what we have, folks. Shit. <laughs> you know it's funny um i've actually got a little piece of uh fossilized dinosaur shit uh laying around somewhere that came from a tyrannosaurus rex so i might very well have a tiny portion of what ended up causing that problem but you know it's it's it goes back to periods in the earth's history like the carboniferous period where you know you didn't really have a whole lot of uh of creatures that were capable of sifting the carbon out of the atmosphere, filtering it out during, you know, via natural processes. You have trees and whatnot, of course, nowadays that uh, play a large role in that. But during the Carboniferous, you had a lot of mainly fungi and other organisms that really just didn't do that, fulfill that role. So when you see these conditions and, you know, speaking of that, we, I think I mentioned it very briefly the last time we had a discussion, but we're, not, we're right now seeing this, roughly the same kind of amount of carbon in the atmosphere as took place during the Carboniferous period or the earlier stages of it. And whereas that took, you know, thousands of years, tens of thousands of years by some estimates, we've only seen this amount of carbon being dumped into the atmosphere within the last couple centuries or so. So it's, it's very difficult, you know, to, to see, I don't know, maybe call me uh call me cold-hearted for thinking this but there's a very small part of me that's almost uh can't wait for shit to go bad because you'll have all of these people fucking oh well that isn't true well this is just you know god's judgment or whatnot is what they're gonna say or oh if only we had been warned or if only we had had the signs that something like this was gonna go down no fuck you We've had the signs of this more than readily apparent for over a century and a half at this point. I forget the specific name of the person. I believe it was actually Michael Faraday, the person that helped develop the first ever motor. 
he uh, he ran some tests on the burning of coal back in the 1860s, for Christ's sakes. And he came to the conclusion that, hey, all this coal that we're burning right now into the atmosphere probably ain't all that great for the environment. But even he at the time thought, oh, well, it's going to take thousands of years for things to get as bad as they are right now, because nobody really had any idea of just how much fucking shit we were going to pump into the atmosphere. But it goes back to what I was saying before and that it's not even like the industrialization that's necessarily what's causing the worst things to the atmosphere. It's all this factory farming. It's all of this pollution into the, into the oceans and into the, the chopping down of the rainforests. Because I remember, I don't know about you, Brett, but I remember as a kid growing up, I heard the Amazon rainforest kind of get described as the earth's lungs. They were what circulated all of the carbon in the atmosphere more than almost any other singular kind of uh, environment in the Earth's planet. And more than half of that is gone at this point. So, fuck. Like, what are we going to do? I have to ask you a question, and everything that you just said is extremely uh, awesome. It's very interesting points you've made, but I have to ask you a question. Before I ask you this question, you're not taking a sip of water or coffee at the moment, right? No, I'm not. Thank you for warning me, though. Okay, so you said that you have a fucking dinosaur turd over there. That's what I believe I heard. Yeah. How, how, how did you find the dinosaur turd? And because I'm not a professional turd fucking grabber myself, <laughs> how do you how do you know it's a T-Rex turd? I mean, is there like some kind of do turds come out with symbols that I don't know? About? <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, it isn't branded as Tyrannosaurus shit circa six point five million years ago. However, there's a place nearby me. It's a few about fifty kilometers away, or so it's called the Royal Terrell Museum. And they actually have an area where you can purchase a bunch of this stuff. And it's it's verifiable. Like there's a uh, there's actually a note that comes with it signed by the paleontologist who had found it. And I um I actually took the liberty of contacting that person. And they had worked from uh, the 70s all the way up until the 90s. So what I didn't realize is, is that this turd that I had is actually one of a huge amount that they have stored up there that they're still going through the backlog to at this point. They have so goddamn many of them sitting around because that's just it. It goes back to what you said. Um, they're just shitting all over the goddamn place. And they, and the problem was is that there wasn't any creatures at that point in time, like dung beetles or whatnot or anything like that, that were able to clean it up. There really wasn't anything breaking it down, so it just fucking sit there. I love how you worded that. All these turd, turds have been backlogged. I couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> This, Aiden. this is going to sound great on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, is there any other uh, way? I, I'm not sure all the, all the things you just explained. I'm not sure how I would still be able to know the difference. I mean, if I were to go outside right now and there were a dog to shed in my yard, which my neighbors tend to like to target me for whatever reason, <laughs> and I've got tons of cats because my wife's feeding them all the time, the only way I can tell the difference between who did what and my fucking yard is the size of it. How do you know, though? That's millions of years, right? No, you're right. And really what it comes down to, I can't personally verify it myself. You know, I'm not a paleontologist. I don't have the ability to, to take a look at this turd and compare it to some random fucking dog turd on the side of the road and know offhandedly that, yeah, this is this comes from this and it's this old, but... 
what they do is, is they take it and they use radiometric carbon dating uh, because it's there's a general kind of makeup of these things that do distinguish themselves from other rocks. Here, I'll, I'm pretty sure I, I saw a study not too long ago, actually, where um, I think the, the, the title of it was literally uh, Dino or Dog Poop was the title of it. And it literally goes into basically what you're talking about is the distinguishing factor between poop that's millions of years old and <laughs> i love how this discussion ended up veering off from yeah the the, the earth's gonna get destroyed by a fucking meteorite and everyone's gonna die to how can you tell the difference between a dinosaur poop and a dog poop like i, I love the breadth of discussion that we can have in the midst of this uh of the shows that you do <laughs> i'd mentioned that before just uh the versatility of it but yeah, there's a couple of different things. I wouldn't be able to tell you right off the top of my head the distinguishing factors, though. So whenever it comes to, uh, since we can get back, for those who haven't heard already, uh, apparently there's a, a fucking rock approaching the Earth, a big-ass asteroid. This is what all the uh, things are talking about. Obviously, if you went to Twitter, you're probably going to find more trending about Britney Spears as opposed to the end of the world, because that's how much people give a shit on this planet about things. You see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I did. Right, there you go. So, <laughs> but why do you think that is? Why do you think it is that some kind of, whether it's some kind of cataclysmic thing that is happening that science has found, or some kind of extremely awesome invention created by science. Why is it that the world seems to give a shit more about what, uh, you know, some fucking asshole uh, won at the awards show or what they're wearing mm -hmm. or clothes? What's the deal with that? You know, I've heard some people say that that's more of a modern kind of thing, that that people nowadays have kind of become so fixated on these uh, seemingly frivolous things. But I disagree. And... The example that I'll bring up for that is the fact that uh, Nikola Tesla at the, uh, I believe it is the 1899 World's Fair, he demonstrated in front of a very comparatively small group of people, the first ever example in public anyways, of a uh, an alternating current motor. You know, you don't have this really inefficient DC power, which can only run for a couple of miles. Here's this new kind of electricity that can go basically as long as you want, as long as you've got the cabling to be able to carry it that far. You're able to power it way more safely and all of these different devices throughout the home. You have a couple hundred people that go over towards this thing, this thing that's going to change the world and basically make this conversation that me and you are having right now possible. And then on the other side of the World's Fair, you've got fucking thousands of people just lined up around the block to see one of the world's first ever uh, demonstrations of uh, <clears throat> cotton candy being made. <laughs> so human beings have kind of always had this predilection, I believe at least, uh, to, to focus on the frivolous rather than the actual important things that are happening in the current day. And I just think that that's more... I think that's more a symptom of it. one. It's easier to understand. It's easier to wrap your hand or your your head around these very simple concepts, these very simple things. Because whereas it takes you 
it, it took me in a very brief form explaining it to you like a couple minutes there trying to tell you about alternating current and all these different things that it can do for you that's a lot more difficult to explain to somebody than oh this is cotton candy it's fucking sugar that tastes like fucking it has a texture of cotton and you're able to eat it whenever you want and it's more difficult to spoil that's a lot easier for someone to understand so i think that's why it's more prolific that makes sense and I'm not a hater of cotton candy. If you want to announce and it starts trending, I'll probably fucking like that up myself. I love <laughs> cotton candy, but what about the fucking rock approaching the earth? Doesn't isn't it simple to understand? Rock hits us, we die type of thing. It seems like that's an easy equation to work our head around. No, you're right. And I guess I guess part of that would probably be the fact that I, I don't know about you. You've been on the internet longer than I have. That's just a fact, but. I even before the internet, I've seen on the news almost yearly, you know, there's this meteorite that NASA's seen that seems to be orbiting close to the earth and there's a chance that it could hit the earth. I don't know. I think people have kind of almost in the same vein as uh, creationists telling you every year that this is the year that Christ is going to make his return and that this is going to be different than all the other ones. I think people just kind of grow tired to it as time goes on, you know, to the point where when you finally actually have the real one, it's kind of like that boy who cried wolf syndrome, where you finally actually have the real one. It's actually coming towards us and we're going to be fucked if we don't do anything. A bunch of people are just going to go, ah, well, I've heard that before. It's not real. And it's going to be too late until they actually realize, well, fuck, I feel like a lot of people are only going to accept it when they see the fucking thing coming down in the sky. <laughs> Well, you do know, Aiden, I, I believe you'd said you were a believer in the past. As far as the end of the world goes, whenever it comes to Jesus, it says no one will know the season nor the hour in which it will happen. There will be signs. You'll see things and symptoms and all that, but that doesn't mean you can just start doing what the Jehovah Witnesses did and start writing out fucking cartoon comic books about it all happening. No, you're right. They you simply know, it... don't know. It's even even Christ doesn't know, according to Revelation. So all these people that are talking about, you know, going to Christ, trying to find out the final answer for the end of the world. It says in Revelations, only the father knows when it's actually going to happen. So if even Jesus doesn't have the inside info and when it's going to happen, why the fuck would he let us know? <laughs> you were bringing up Tesla earlier and he's uh, I've got a lot of really interesting quotes by him. Are you able to see that on the screen? I know it looks kind of small from my uh, view, but uh, are you able to see it? Yeah, I see them right now. Would you be able to read the quote from Nikola Tesla and then give your opinion on it? And then we can get back to turds and rocks. Sure. The gift of mental power comes from God, divine being. And if we concentrate our minds on that truth, we come in tune with this great power. Now, according to some atheists out there, and I know you you don't relate in any kind of way to these type of people and their thought process, but uh, Tesla, you consider him a genius, right? Somebody who was super smart? Oh, absolutely. So here he is talking about his belief in God and his views and actually believes that all this greatness around us comes from God. Um, does this make him stupid because he has a belief in God? And why do you think it is some atheists think that? I know you don't. Yeah, no, I, and it's good that you pointed that out because it's very true. I don't, um, I, I think that that's just as much a fallacy to try and think that he's stupid because he believes this one thing just as much as some Christians will, 
will point to that and try to make some sort of an appeal to authority argument going, oh, well, he was very smart and he was right about all of these other things. Why wouldn't he be right about this? Because, you know, you look at Isaac Newton, one of the most smart men of one of the most intelligent men of the not only the 18th century, but really are sorry, the 17th century, but this last millennia in general, really like a true genius. And he was fascinated with fucking alchemy. He was constantly in his workshops trying to toil away, trying to turn lead into gold, trying to become the new Archimedes as far as being able to transmute all of these different materials into one another. So I, I'm of the opinion that just because people are extremely intelligent in some regards, and, and it doesn't take away from their intelligence, but I think they can most certainly be flawed in their views and in their uh, reasonings in some other ways, you know, the same way that... Uh, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, I, I I definitely hold to some of his viewpoints on things, but when it comes to his very anti-theistic kind of um, nihilistic outlooks on life, I, I, I find myself being in very heavy disagreement with that. Yeah, I've looked at some Friedrich Nietzsche, and I noticed that although he got deeply into like uh, the philosophy of all this, there was one thing that I noticed uh, interesting I don't know if you've read this far into it, but Frederick Nietzsche seemed to, towards the end, realize that if you removed God or religion out of the picture, then literally humanity would not have some kind of extremely uh, solid moral foundation anymore. And this caused him anxiety. Did you read into it? Uh, yeah, no, I have read that, uh, his later writings and how he... Uh very much so came around to that kind of worldview near the end of his life compared to, and I, I think he's very misunderstood in so far as like nihilism, as he described it. I think that to a certain extent, me and him kind of agree in, in so far as that it's, it's what you make of it. It is of your own experience, what you draw your own morals and from your own, uh, morality to be that there is no objective morality that there is no objective truth to things and that that comes from within yourself rather than from some external source now like you said before a lot of uh, a lot of atheists a lot of non-believers they like to they like to state that that's more a case of uh, of science of rationality that you can come to those kinds of conclusions through those but I don't think that science has anything to say as far as the goodness of man or the goodness of your actions any more than it would say the evil of it. You know, you have science on one hand, it's able to give you things like penicillin, it's able to extend your lifetime by an extreme amount, but it's also able to give you things like weaponized biological warfare and nuclear weapons and all sorts of other manner of things that are able to make people's lives objectively worse. So I think to try to live your life by either one of those things I think that there's certainly more merit to be had in trying to imagine that there's an objective morality than there is in uh, trying to rely on science because it's just a, it's just a fact in my opinion that science couldn't give less of a shit about what your morality is. But I, I I don't really see how it couldn't have come from within at least on some way, shape, or form on some level. Oh, we have somebody joining us. Yeah, hey, Mister Jones, nineteen seventy-two. How you doing? Hello. Uh, am I audible? Yeah, yes. we can hear you pretty good. We Thank just you. got done talking about one of your favorite uh, topics, dinosaur farts. <laughs> well, yeah, there's no evidence that um, dinosaurs farted themselves into extinction. Um, all the very best, anyway. Uh, Happy New Year to you both. 
Well, happy new year to you as well. I, uh, I just had some information up on the screen. Aiden didn't I show quite a bit about that? I guess I could put it back up on there. Yeah, no, feel free. All right, let's see what we got. Let's stop the screen for a second. Oh, goodness. Dinosaur farts. Good times. Oh, did you hear about the uh, comet that is coming approaching the Earth? Uh, No, I've not heard about that. Yeah, that's going to suck. Boy, oh, boy, if it gets too close, I suspect a lot of people are going to be getting into heavy-duty du- uh, prayer, Aiden. What do you think? I, w- I wouldn't be surprised about that in the slightest. I don't know if you've ever heard about it, but there was a... Uh... There was a comet that ended up striking in the uh, the Siberian wastes in the very early 20th century. And when that ended up happening, it was suspected at that point to have been a lot larger than it was. And you saw all over the place people buying anti-comet pills, people buying books that had the secret for how to take shelter from Wait a comet. minute. Wait a minute. Did you say anti-comet pills? I, I shit you not. I know. It seems so unbelievable when you think about it but if you actually look into it there were people dumb enough that when there was these hucksters rolling into town going looky here sonny i've got the cure for what ails yeah it's an anti-comet pill there were people that really did go holy shit this is what i need we could take this and we'll be comet proof it's like what oh geez that sounds kind of like that heaven's gate group out there you ever heard of that oh god yeah the the kool-aid drinkers Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, by the way, Aiden, did you get to see that uh, 30-second clip I put up on the channel? I've been trying out this thing called YouTube Shorts. I put a FBI recording of Jim Jones up from uh, Jonestown where he is talking to, uh, I think, an attorney or something, and he says that he made it clear several times that he was an atheist. You know the guy who put cyanide in Kool-Aid since you brought it up? Yeah, no, absolutely. I didn't know that he ever stated that at any point, though. You know, I uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be too surprised considering how after the fact uh, it came out that he, beyond a shadow of a doubt, was from the get-go just trying to socially engineer people, manipulate them on a psychological level. And, you know, if you have legitimate... <laughs> if If you have legitimate concerns or legitimate feelings about the things that he was talking about, you wouldn't try to do something like that. Can you guys do me a favor real quick? And Mr. Jones, I really appreciate you coming in. No I, uh, I try to invite anybody in that likes to have a discussion or a good polite conversation. When I bring people in, I try to be as nice and respectful as possible. My temperature only changes with the room temperature. That's how I am, ain't <laughs> Aiden? <laughs> yeah. no, I will be absolutely uh, cordial and you know polite and everything. All right, that's awesome there. That's awesome. Hey, Aiden and Mr. Jones, can you take over the room for a moment? I'll be right back. Oh, uh, yeah, certainly. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. So uh, how was your Christmas going, Mr. Jones? I mean, like, it, you have a good one? Yeah, it was, it was good, thank you. Uh, I don't uh, I don't celebrate it being an atheist, but um, it was it was good. Very no, good. fair enough. I uh, Yeah, I don't necessarily observe any of the religious festivities or anything like no. that at Christmas. I'm, I'm all about the all about the family getting together and the gift-giving kind of things, those aspects yeah. of Christmas. Uh, but you know what? I, I've always told people that you don't really need to be uh, a, a Christian or any kind of believer to actually get the, the spirit of Christmas or the, the t- togetherness that it brings to you. So, No, it's a, it's a good time for 
I mean, even in this difficult couple of years that we've had, it's oh. good to uh, it's good to have uh, families get together and yeah. uh, enjoy. You know, have a reason to get together and and just enjoy what you know, just enjoy the occasion. Oh, absolutely. See, um, I. I've got a bit of a hard time when it comes to um, when it comes to people trying to trying to say that oh we need to put Christ back in Christmas and we need to try and re-Christianize this holiday and that's not even necessarily uh, to do with any of the fact that it it has its roots and things like Saturnalia mm-hmm. or whatnot. I think that point's kind of been beaten to death. I think it's just more due to the fact that when when was he ever taken out? Like, I've never seen him be removed from the holiday. I've never seen the importance of his supposed birth being taken out of uh, of the holiday season. Yeah, of course, it's turned into a Hallmark holiday, but hasn't it kind of always been that to one extent or another? Well, all, all, all religious holidays are to a certain extent. Easter, for instance, we you know, people go out and chuck Easter eggs about and, you know, it, it's, it's crazy how it's all been commercialized and, you know, what... I think what people should do is is um, get to the roots of why people celebrate Christmas. I think, you know, it, it, uh, that's that's what I think anyway. If it, it, it is a religious holiday, and I think that, you know, people should remember that fact, and uh, many people oh. don't, unfortunately. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I couldn't be in more agreement to you as far as that's concerned. Um do you mind? I I haven't really ever uh, spoken to you at any point before, so would you elaborate a little bit on your personal beliefs and opinions on things by chance? Uh, personal beliefs, uh, I don't I don't really have any. I, I I tend what what I do in in my mindset is um, follow evidence. I look at evidence, mm-hmm. and um, and then I make a decision. Uh, for instance, evolution. I look at evidence for evolution, and I look at evidence for you know the Bible, etc., etc., and the, the two don't the two don't balance in in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my channel is about. It started off uh, as a game gaming channel. Oh, nice! Yeah, I played the Last of Us. I'm a big fan of the Last of Us, nice. uh, Tomb and uh, other such things. Um, and then it, and then I, uh, I started off watching flat earth i never heard of flat earth before i started the channel mm-hmm. and then i sort of fell into it and i started looking into that and it's amazing it's amazing what you learn uh, as every video that i do goes by i've got like maybe 300 videos on my channel and as that goes on it, uh, it's amazing what you learn and oh, you learn with every video absolutely you know it's i've, I've seen there there's a friend of mine actually that recently um They've kind of ascribed to the. I'm sure you've heard of it before. If you're if you're so open minded about everything, then your brain will fall out of the. Your brain will fall out of your skull, (laughs) and that's that's very much so the kind of philosophy my friend is ascribed to here, where they're going, well, well, I don't know if the Earth is flat or if it's round, and I don't know if this is true or that's true, and I just I went to them and I said, look. I understand, and I'm sure you can too, trying to be skeptical about things, trying to be trying to evaluate mm. the evidence for things and not having faith-based beliefs and things. Those are things that are very yeah. important to rational people. But then when yeah. you take it to the extreme end of things and you go, okay, well, I've never actually been up into the Earth's atmosphere, so how can I know if it's round or not? It's like, no, there are most certainly some things where... 
you've got to take it, not even on faith, but there's ways of verifying that without going up into the fucking atmosphere. I just, I sure, find the you can I, you can verify the shape of the Earth with two sticks. No, you exactly. If you, you can, you can do exactly that. But I've not met, um, I've not seen a flat Earther that's ever done that. I've not seen a flat Earth produce a map um, mm-hmm. or any measurements of this mythical flat Earth that they, that they say exists. I've never seen. You know, supposedly we live in a snow a snow globe. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I've heard about the firmament and all the rest of it, and where is it? Yeah, no. The- I'm going to have to invite Mr. Stephen Christ in here sometimes. Uh, he's a guy who believes that the Earth is uh, shaped like a donut or something. That's interesting for me. Oh, I always thought it was pizza shaped myself. The, the donut. Yeah. Thing, the donut earth i always thought that was a meme i always thought that was like something to make fun of the flat earthers yeah, i think know homer was... simpson came up homer simpson came up with that one i think <laughs> yeah wouldn't yeah, be too surprised but as far as uh as far as that's concerned i just i i gotta agree with both you and brett in that like there are definitely some things that you, you have to on some level or not uh take on take on not necessarily faith because I don't think that faith is the right word of using it, but there's other methods of verifying these things that don't even Mm -hmm. get into that. And you spoke earlier, Mr. Jones about evolution. And I actually heard a perspective very recently here that I hadn't heard before. And it kind of made me stop and think for a moment. It was basically, look, I'm a Christian, but I believe in evolution because Mm -hmm. I think evolution in terms of the scripture You know, there's so many thousands of cogs moving around in the scripture, so many different teachings to be had in it. I don't think that this one thing contradicting it would would lessen the lessons to be had in any Mm. of the other ones, uh, any of the other lessons or any of the other tales. Mm. And my my kind of response to that was more along the lines of well yeah no i agree with you insofar as the lessons and the teachings of the bible definitely aren't lessened by that but how can you take a book that is supposedly the the objective word of god you know it's divinely inspired even christians will tell you that it's not like the quran and islam they don't try to say that it's the direct word of god but a very important detail Someday. like yeah, no, there are some. There are definitely mm-hmm. some extremists that believe that, yeah. but they would. I, I, I can I, think of two right now. <laughs> I not I, you I, two, not you two. I'm, I'm on about. Oh, I'm, I'm a non-believer. I'll, I'll, I'll point that out right yeah, now. Yeah, he's agnostic, atheist. Aiden's one of my favorite people in the whole wide mm-hmm. world. I may have him over for steak sometime, unless he's one of them vegan types. Ah, no, no, no I, no, I love no. me a good juicy steak. <laughs> I like it rare. The bloodier, the better. There you go. So what do you guys think of this right here? I was looking into this. I don't know if you guys knew this, but I I was orig- I told you a little bit about this, Aiden. I was originally the one that told Matt Pally. He was saying, I don't know how these people can believe that they evolved from yada, yada, yada. And I said, uh, dude, that extinction account of the uh, rock hitting the earth and killing the dinosaurs, you know they have some different ideas now. They believe that humans in a different form actually walked with dinosaurs as this. You see this on the Google page? Do you guys mm-hmm. believe that you evolved from an ancient type of rat? What is this called again? Damn it! What? Uh, I've I absolutely I can't discount it from the slightest. You know, I hear a lot of I hear a lot of creationists say that it's stupid the idea that we came from a rat, and 
I whenever I try to probe them deeper about it, it, it just kind of comes down more to them just emotionally on an emotional level not liking the no, idea. I'm not, a, I'm not saying. Oh, and I'm not. I'm not saying stupid or anything like that. No, no, no I mean, and I'm not trying to claim that that's what you're saying either. I'm just, uh, I'm just kind of prefacing that with uh, what I've heard from other creationists. Sorry, I should have pointed that out. So why, why do you believe that this is the case? Because Why do you believe that your your billionth year old grandfather or whatever millionth was perhaps this mousy looking thing? Because we have an abundance of evidence both within our uh, genetic code, within our DNA, and also within transitional fossils that have existed mm-hmm. over the course of that time from that 160 million year time span to now that seem to indicate that being the case. I'm taking up all the airtime here. Mr. Jones, you go ahead. <laughs> oh, I I'm like sorry. hearing you, Aiden, but sure, go ahead. Either one of you. No, no, you, you carry on, and then uh, when you pause, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. No, no, I, I, I kind of made my point there, so oh. if you want to jump in, you go ahead. Well, I'd, I'd have to read the, the I mean, you, it's, a site, it's um, the Daily Mail. It's, it's not a very um, respected paper here in the UK, um so i'd have to look at the i'd have to look at the paper i mean there's obviously a scientific paper on it there must be so i'd have to look at the paper for it but i don't see a problem because we uh us um trees um elephants pine trees as kent owen would say we're, we're all eukaryotes and we always will be eukaryotes they are eukaryotes so that's that's the main that's the main crux of it that's why we are all related because we're all eukaryotes. No, that's a very good point that you brought up there, Mr. Jones. Um, the fact of the matter is, is that, and I've, there, there's such overwhelming evidence for mm-hmm. uh, for for genetics, uh, not only the the general theory of it, but the code that exists within us, how we can yeah. extrapolate that to other beings. That yeah. really, it seems on an intuitive level, you know, if you take somebody that has no knowledge of genetics and you tell them, "Oh, you're related to a fucking strawberry," or "Oh, you're related <laughs> to a fucking pine tree," of course they're gonna look at you like you're fucking crazy. Exactly. But if you actually take them and you go into a lab and you say, "Hey, mm-hmm. look, these are the genetic code that makes yeah. you up. These are the genetic code of a pine tree." And here are the parts that are similar. Here are the parts that are dissimilar. And here mm-hmm. is the the stages that we can observe within science of how these two things drifted apart from one another. Then I think it'd be very difficult with that person, if they're intellectually honest anyways, to go, oh, well, that's bullshit. Because how do you really mm-hmm. say that at that point? Yeah. yeah, but Aiden, don't we have a little bit of an issue? I mean, earlier you and I were talking, and I'm envious of you, by the way, because you said that you actually possess in your property a dinosaur turd, but you would not be able to in any kind of way distinguish between dinosaur turd and any other turd out there. So have you actually been in a lab? And you know I love you, Aiden. I'm not trying to put you on a damn spot. No, no. Actually, <laughs> Have you actually checked out the literal shit for yourself (laughs) (laughs) you know i i I said before that uh, not only am i not a paleontologist but the only thing that i've got with me is a piece of paper signed by a paleontologist that i uh that i talked to in my own personal time that to verify the fact that they were in fact a paleontologist and that this was one of the artifacts that they had dug up in their dig site I, I never went and personally verified that information for myself. And you're right. You know, the vast majority of people that accept and believe the theory of evolution, they don't 
have access to a laboratory. They don't have access to a genetic sequencing machine that is able to divide up all of the different cellular information into a way that we would actually be able to read all of the genetic code. However, that kind of goes back to uh, what me and Mr. Jones were talking about. I'm not sure how much of our conversation you heard when you left the room there, but um, or any of it really, but one of the things that we had brought up was uh, about flat earthers trying to say that, oh, well, if you haven't been up to the earth yourself, you haven't gone up there and you haven't seen it for yourself, then how can you know? Well, there's other ways of knowing. There's other ways. Well, I, of- I think that there's a big difference uh, between the flat earthers and then someone talking about something that an event that may have happened millions and millions of uh, years ago. Obviously, you know, Aiden, I'm not a young earth creationist like Matt or Kent. I do believe that the earth is probably 4.5 billion years old, could be older. There's no way to really get an approximate on this, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Some of this uh, material out there that's put forth. Is there any reason? I mean, you're saying, yeah, you've you've watched some Discovery Channel. You've seen some science books where the claim is made that you may have come from a um, this uh, rodent-like creature. But mm-hmm. have you actually went into a lab, checked out the DNA for yourself? Obviously, I haven't, or I'd be sitting here going right along with you saying, yeah, I'm a rat. How about that? My uh, my dad was Mickey Mouse. So. <laughs> well, I suppose... I suppose my only counterpoint to that really, as far as, uh, as far as that's concerned is, uh, from, uh, from, and once again, you know, the same vein that you had told me, I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything. I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that, but I'm sure that you weren't there when everything in the, in the Bible had been described, all of the events that had taken place within the Bible and the biggest difference between those claims, you know, but you being a believer, believing that those things have taken place and me saying that this genetic information is the case is, is that there's actual verifiable evidence that we can see to state that these genetics are in fact related to one another. You take the sequencing of DNA, you know, is, do you think that, and I'm not, I'm not saying this in your context, I'm saying this for people that believe that DNA is fake and whatnot, or that DNA isn't a reliable, uh, as science. Do you think these people are just going into a lab with a thing of fucking Kool-Aid shaking it up and going, oh, well, we're just going to type a bunch of random fucking letters and numbers into a computer and see what happens. You know, once again, that's not what I believe you think, but. Well, the, it gets a little bit more complicated whenever we discuss things like even before the rodent. It is claimed that humanity came from the oceans, that we were fish. And then before that, you know, some kind of spongy shit. And then before that, something that looked similar to that of snot. So it's, it's, I would suspect it'd be extremely complicated to be able to go that far back, especially in salt water, which destroys damn near everything to be able to come up with that kind of information. I'm all open-minded though. I'm not saying it can't be correct. I just would like to be able to get a better basis. You are right with what you said earlier, Aiden. Trying to describe these things is a hell of a lot more complicated than trying to talk about other topics, for sure. Can you? I ask you both something, though? Yeah, Charles me. Darwin, in his book called The Synth of Man, he believed that evolution wasn't possible unless there was a higher power or a god behind it causing the process. See the quote up there, as well as this is mentioned. No, this is mentioned in his autobiography. I have quotes from his descent of man, though. Do you guys see that? Can you read it? If you don't mind, Aiden, you got a beautiful voice. Can you read it, please? (laughs) Sure. Another source of conviction in the existence of God 
connected with the reason and not with the feelings, impress me as having much more weight. This follows from extreme difficulty, or rather impossibility, of conceiving this immense and wonderful universe, including man with his capability of looking far backwards and far into, into futurity, as the result of blind chance or necessity. When thus reflecting, I feel compelled to look at a first cause, having an intelligent mind in some degree analogous to that of man, and I deserve to be called a theist. Now, do you mind if I uh, do you mind if I do a quick response to that real quick? Well, I have to say, Morgan Freeman, watch out! This guy's got it going on when it comes to narration. <laughs> Go ahead, Aiden. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Um, I all that I would say is is that I feel personally, and of course, I can't say with any certainty. I'm not Charles Darwin. I don't. I'm not in his shoes. But I feel that if I were to take him into the modern day and I were to show him all of the new advancements that we've made upon his theory, and I show him all the advancements that we've made within science in general, not even taking his theory out of the picture, I think that it would, at the very least, shake up that notion within his mind. I think it'd be a lot more difficult to to explain the, not, not necessarily difficult to explain the universe as like this divine watchmaker kind of thing, because all of these different processes that he's talking about were made, all of these different observations were made almost two centuries ago at this point. The amount of advancements that we've made within that period of time, it's almost like I've, I've heard this argument made before um, as far as, oh, well, how can you prove that <clears throat> how can you prove that evolution is real because we've never observed evolution take place before? Well, up until that point, you're absolutely correct. We hadn't observed evolution, but it's kind of similar in the vein of um, up until the 17th century, we'd never been able to create water artificially. This was one of the biggest things as far as uh, of, of the Bible that was very unique, uh, supposedly to God and was only an ability that God was able to possess However, the name hydrogen that we now currently use actually comes from hydrus, the generation, and gener, uh, gen, the generation of, hydro, uh, of hydrus, of water, because when you burn hydrogen, it combines with oxygen in order to form water. So once we'd finally proven in a laboratory setting, hey, you can make water, there is a process with, with, with which man can actually artificially create water in a laboratory setting that that God of the gaps argument almost was basically put to rest that specific gap within the God of the gaps argument. And I think, and I can of course say with any certainty living in the time that I do that in the centuries forward from now, that there will be more of those arguments solved. There will be more of those gaps that will be filled in as time goes on, especially when it comes to evolution and the advent, uh, the advancement of life from uh, the conditions you've talked about. So, Aiden, not to put you on the spot again, but by you saying that if you could travel back in time, swoop up, grab Darwin, bring him to the future, this is a, uh, an assertion, a faith-based statement that you think that you'd be able to convince him by showing him all this uh, stuff that it may uh, direct him away from the concept um, of God? I don't think it's necessarily a faith-based assertion. I would call it more an educated guess mm -hmm. based on my readings of his work, based on he he has a very comprehensive list of works out there that not even uh, just the theory of evolution, not just those works that he's most famous for, but he's a yeah, very well documented why would someone, individual. Why would someone believe suddenly, even if 
even if a bunch of theists were to accept evolution, which there are millions of theists out there who actually do accept the the method and all this. Oh, of course. Uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Miller, I believe he teaches in a university or something. He teaches evolution to students, and he uh, still goes along with the idea that God did this, and he lives in our modern time. He's quite educated, probably more than Darwin at this point, according to what you're talking about. Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, I would... And I'm not. I'm not trying to take away from his uh, from his education. He was a very smart man, mm. especially in the context of his time. But I would dare venture that, as far as those areas of expertise, not necessarily laymen, but people that have done a decent amount of reading into these topics, are more educated than Darwin is in this, by virtue of the fact that there have been so many advances in these things. You know, you take a look at. Um, I believe it was a study done in. Um, Oh, what was it? I think it was Scientific American. And it basically stated that the average person, the average high school educated individual, if you take them off the street, will have more of a comprehensive knowledge of a wide variety of different things, whether it be evolution, whether it be physics, whether it be gravity, than most scholars did even within the uh, the 1700s, the, 18, the early 1800s. And that's more based on the fact that this knowledge that we've accumulated over time in such a rapid period of time, might I add, mm -hmm. uh, has become so proliferated within society. I think it's not necessarily a faith-based assumption to say that Darwin would at least be shaken up. And I, now keep in mind, I didn't say that he would convert or anything like that. I don't, I'm not going to go that far because I, I really do think that he probably still would at the end of the day uh, maintain the views that he did. But I think with being presented with new evidence, him being the skeptic that he was, with me being able to look back upon the works that he had made, that he would definitely reevaluate those positions, those views. Well, if you don't mind, Aiden, I'd like to ask Mr. Jones a, a, a quick question real quick. Mm -hmm. I asked you last time on this, Aiden. I asked, do you believe in the possibility of God? Now, your answer, Aiden, was extremely extensive, but it... Uh, to simplify it, it came down to absolutely, I believe, in the possibility. What about you, Mr. Jones? No. <laughs> Quick answer, I'm sorry. Um, no, I, I just don't... I don't see any evidence for God. Uh, uh, I'm sorry if that uh, upsets anybody watching, but I, I just don't see any evidence. Uh, for instance, no amount of prayer or belief or whatever will ever bring me dad back from the dead and I believe I'll never see him again and it may, he's gone and uh, and that's an end to it so no th this is this is what I mean about um religious beliefs that uh, the others believing that you know miracles can happen and I've never seen a miracle happen and nobody alive today has ever seen a miracle happen so I, I just don't see any I don't see any evidence. I mean, you mentioned the comet earlier that's hurtling towards Earth and apparently going to wipe us all out. It's something that God would prevent, wouldn't it? I mean, or am I, or am I just sounding stupid? But it's, it's, it just comes down to the basic question. I see, I see so many contradictions. I see people say um, a baby falls out of a high-rise flat, bounces on the grass, survives, and it's God's way. It's a miracle. And then, you know, millions of babies die of starvation in Africa. It's, it, you know, mm. I might be being crazy, but that's that's the way I see it. And that's that's just my opinion. I just don't see any evidence for God. I'm sorry. 
So you believe that because there's negative things, this is interesting too, Aiden, because we were kind of talking about this as well, right? So yeah. if, if negative things happen in the world, then this means that uh, there's there's no reason to be open to the possibility of a higher power. Well, I, I used to I used to believe I used to go to Sunday school, and I've read the I had read the Bible when I was a teenager, and then um, I just sort of I, I just sort of looked into it. It's not just because of the negative things. I just don't see any evidence of positive things that uh, that God has done. Um, do, you, do you do you mind if I expand on your question a little? Yeah, bit, please. Um, oh, sorry. Sure. Yeah, no, no, it's 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 relevant to you, Mr. Jones, of course, yeah. because I was going to ask you that question. But um, I, I suppose that to expand it, I would say, do you is it just the specific God of the Bible that you cannot see any possibility of believing in? Or is it any kind of God, any uh, kind of creator being any kind of God, really? Um, okay. I do believe uh, I do believe that we're on one moment. Every, everybody's on a life path. They have a path of life on, uh, you know, it's just a literal long path. And I don't believe in accidents. I believe that's part of your destiny. Whether that's controlled by a higher power, I don't know. I don't believe that there is. Um, so I don't believe in any god. I'm not like uh, Stephen Fry, who believes in the Greek gods. And then uh, he's a bit hypocritical, really, because he believes the Greek gods exist and then doesn't believe the god of the Bible exists. So. You know, being an atheist is having a disbelief or not believing that there is a God, and yet he believes in the Greek gods, you know, Zeus and all the rest of it. If the Greek, Zeus Greek, yeah. Um, so he, he believes in that. So, you know, he's a bit contradictory there. Um, but it's, I don't see any evidence for the positive things that the Bible claims he's done, like creating the universe in six days. Um, he created the sun, um, the sun and the stars on the Thursday, I believe, and then. But created the plants and the trees on the Wednesday. I mean, I did the plants and trees. How, uh, how long do you think it took for the uh, universe to begin its formation? Well, starting with the Big Bang, first of all, we don't know what created the Big Bang. Um, that, uh, um, nobody knows that. Um, the reason why I'm asking that is you mind that if I, sorry, I was, yeah. was going to throw this out there just real quick. They say that whenever the universe went into its expansion period, mm -hmm. the, it did it within a trillionth of a second. Yeah. But you have an issue with six days. Fine, fine. Go ahead, Aiden. Um, I was simply going to say that I'm uh, the, the vehicle's waiting outside to take me to this get-together that I'm having here, so I'm going to have to cut it short here, guys. But thank you very much, Brett, for having me in for this discussion. It's always really nice having these discussions. Aiden, always a pleasure to have you. You have a good time for New Year's. Yes. Thank you very much. Happy New Year, guys. Yeah, you too. You too. Good to talk to you. Good to talk yeah, to good you. Good to talk to you too. Nice to meet you, Mr. Jones. You too. Thank you. Take care. Yep. I'll see you later, Mr. Aiden. You mind if I ask you some different questions about your views? Please. I've got an extensive library on my channel where I talk about everything under the sun. Yeah. All right. Yeah, please do. Okay, so I guess one of my first questions would be, um, okay, do you do you feel that there is any scientific arguments made against the the concept of God or some kind of higher superior living entity that exists in the universe as opposed to there's evil, there's bad, so therefore I can't do it? Like a, a scientific argument. I don't think there's a scientific argument against God, despite what Aaron Ra says. Um, I don't, excuse me, 
I don't think there is. Um, the only reason, or one of the reasons why I don't believe that there is a God is because there's so much evidence, like, for instance, evolution, you know, and if you're a young Earth creationist, there's so much evidence for a billion-year-old Earth or a 4.5-billion-year-old Earth as to, uh, as opposed to a 6,000-year-old Earth. So there's so much evidence against that. I mean, just because... I don't know. Ooh, it's a difficult one. That question, that point that you just uh, put out there, though, that may cause complications for the creation account. But like mm. the atheist agnostic we just had in here, that yeah. doesn't disregard the concept of a god. Yeah, I'm not. Cosmos, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it does. I mean, just because you know we have evolution, we have a theory of evolution, a scientific theory for evolution, and a uh, scientific theory for the Big Bang. It, it doesn't mean that there is no God. This is why I dislike young earth creationists so much because they are so hell-bent on debunking evolution and the Big Bang, et cetera, et cetera, that they're missing the point. And what the point is, is that they should be saying, well, God did it. And I don't, and I, don't I very rarely hear that from young earth creationists. I, I hear young earth creationists say like, you know, well, evolution's stupid, evolution's dumb, the Big Bang Theory's dumb, it's all baloney, and et cetera, et cetera. When they should be saying is, you know, spreading the word of God and preaching the word of God and saying, well, God did it, and this is how he did it. Uh, and, and I think that's what they should be saying instead of, just because it's, it, if you go back to like the flat earth, what most flat earthers will do is they'll try and debunk the globe. And what they should be doing is proving the flat earth. If they really true, truly believe that the earth is flat, they should be going out there and proving that the earth is flat instead of debunking the globe. Just because you debunk one, doesn't prove the other. If you debunk evolution, um, it doesn't prove that there is a God. So what I would do if I was a young earth creationist, I'd be spreading the word of God and trying to prove the word of God, either by scientifically or just by faith. And, 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 that's, and that's my view on it. A couple of years ago, I used to be really, really interested in having discussions and debates with flat earthers. I ended up getting quite a few of them on the in my room, and we discussed, yeah. but they couldn't back up anything they were saying with science yeah. or any other theories. They're and also, the point I was making earlier with Aiden is that the difference between approving the shape of the earth compared to something that may have happened millions of years ago is there are so many videos, so much footage and information and satellites that show the shape of our Earth. It's just ridiculous to try to do that. And I also notice when questioning these folks, they act as though it's almost obvious and they get really snobby and ignorant and they start getting personal ad hums. And I'm like, whoa, sir, I'm not trying to disrespect you. If it turns out you're right, I'll root and toot for you. But yeah. you got to show me there, brother <laughs> or sister. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, this this is it. I mean, this is exactly my my argument. And this is why I have such a, such a beef with uh, the likes of Kent Orvin and Matt Pell because they've been shown to be liars. For, for instance, Matt Pell has edited my videos in a way that I look bad. And I've never done that to him. But he actually, he, he does lie. And it, it, it drives me mad. I don't mind. I, you know, people have their religious beliefs and people have whatever beliefs that, that, that they have. And I'll totally respect that. Um, sometimes, I'll, you know, I'll have an occasional dig, but it's a light-hearted dig. Um, but 
one thing I can't stand is liars. And I know Matt Powell to be a liar. For instance, he's um, he still goes on about this. I know he watches my videos because he's edited some of my videos. Um, so I know he watches them and I've shown him time and time again. He thinks that evolution teaches that dinosaurs fight themselves to death. I've shown him the scientific paper that he cites and nowhere in that scientific paper does it say that dinosaurs fighted themselves to death. And he's and he's still citing that paper today. And it, he's lying. He basically, he is lying. Well, could it be possible that he did exactly the same thing I just did? If you type it in on Google, there's like hundreds mm. and hundreds of pages claiming yeah. to be science websites and all that. Mm. I mean, if there's really besides uh, science books and all that and you know i don't know if you realize this but in america there's a lot of science books that have not been updated in the classrooms mm -hmm. yeah so we're kind of stuck with doing the google or uh, what is that what is the name of that robot or ai we all talk to where we say find this on the internet you know oh there's alexa there's <laughs> siri there's all sorts and there's a loads of ai about so do you believe that he's intentionally doing that, or is it because there's I'm an overabundance of the shit all over the internet, literally? <laughs> I just, no, I think he's deliberately doing it because um, the thing, the thing is, or the experience that I've had with young Earth creationists, in particular, before mentioned Horvin and Powell, their level of narcissism is higher than I have ever seen in any human being on this planet. It's unbelievable level. He, he, Horvin will not and cannot accept he's wrong, and he will not do that. He's he's still preaching to this day that uh, evolution teaches that we evolved from a rock. And I've looked and looked and looked, and absolutely no evol book on evolution ever teaches that, ever. No evolutionary biologist ever says it or has ever said it. And I don't know where he's got that idea. Well, I kind of, I, I kind of have to agree with you on that because evolution yeah. has nothing to do with the origin of our existence. Exactly. Thank you. It's, yeah. it's about gradual changes yeah. over time. Uh, he would probably, I suspect. I haven't watched some of the extensive videos in a while, but mm -hmm. if anybody's going to make that kind of argument, you should go with abiogenesis or primordial ooze or spontaneous generation. Well, primordial ooze was more like um more like a seventies eighties argument. We've got, I think there's a there's a better theory. I think one of the better theories now today is they're going with self replicating RNA, which is life from non life. Um, I've heard a theory that some lightning struck um, a pond, and that's how uh, and that's how life began. I'm I'm open minded to to either possibility. I'm open to all open to all possibilities really, but. Um, the only one is the is the God one. It's one I'm pretty much close-minded to because all of all of the other. I'm not saying God couldn't have done it. I'm saying that all the other possibilities sound more plausible. That's probably. But a, you do a, a believe in the possibility, at least a small percentage. A small percentage, yeah. Because we have to. If I claim to be open-minded, I have to look at all the possibilities. For instance. A super, a superior, omnipotent being, and um, so I have to look at all possibilities, being open-minded, because that's that's the way I am. But ninety, you know, over ninety percent of me thinks that, you know, it's maybe self-replicating RNA and how that's how life started, and you know, life did evolve over millions and millions of years, um, and then 
roughly what less than 10 percent of me thinks there may be a possibility that a superior being did it um i don't think i think it's rather i don't know this this god he sounds really i don't know he's he sounds like he wants all the glory for everything uh, and i don't understand that what what god would do that that's that's my that's my thinking of it you know you will what was one of the commandments you will worship no other by me uh, apart from me uh what sort of god would do that uh, I, I don't get it that's what that's what i i don't understand i should probably you know study it you know study it more and then i'll have a, a then i'd have a better argument against it well the uh, uh you as you probably know the god of the bible perceives itself as a father mm-hmm. figure or a father mm-hmm. entity now if this is the case i don't know if you have children i do, I do but i wouldn't children. want anyone else to uh come along and say well i'm responsible for the you know the existence of your children when i know that comes from me and my wife you wouldn't <laughs> like that right <laughs> no that's true that's true and what what i did when I, when I, I brought my children up on my own i was a single parent for many years um and they came they came home from school and they said like you know we're learning religious studies um do you believe in god dad do you believe in god uh, and i said no but don't let that influence you uh, and i said as you get older you'll get more experience in life and then you'll make your own decisions it's entirely up to you what you do with your life and it's entirely up to you what you believe in uh, me personally i don't believe in god but if you want to, then that's absolutely fine. I'll never ever hold it against you. And I never, I've always stuck by that. Um, you know, whatever people believe in, I've always stuck that. But May I offer children. you a, a suggestion and something? Real Please quick. do. I've noticed that your audio, uh, you come over uh, fairly well, but there's yeah. a, a lot of bass. So. Oh. My suggestion is you may want to download this thing called a banana mixer and you can bring the treble up on an equalizer where you come mm. through crisp. And oh. so you got a nice microphone over there and I just uh, I just wanted to suggest that. All right, can, thank you. I can understand you. I just realized that uh, that's one of my niches. I like it whenever people sound super clear. And if you uh, add some trouble to that, I think that you'd be like a radio announcer or something. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. you can you do me a favor? Yourself, can you do me a favor? I'm going to yeah, go please. use the rest area real quick. I'm going to put yep. you on the big screen. Yep. Feel free to plug your YouTube channel. Talk <laughs> about some of the things that you're into. I'll be right back. All right? Yep, no problem, no problem. And again, thank you for coming in. I know New Year's is a terrible time to be inviting people in. That's oh, probably why we don't, time. we're not filled up like normal and stuff. <laughs> I, I would prefer people be with their family as opposed to hanging out with my dumbass anyway. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, see you soon. Right, um, I feel I should sing a song, but um, my singing voice isn't brilliant, so I'm not going to. Um, so yeah, my YouTube channel, Mr. Jones 1972, or you can follow me on Twitter, Mr. Jones 1972. You can follow me there as well. Uh, so there's six watching. So why are you not typing in the chat? Come on, what's the matter with you? Ask me a question. Ask um, Mr. Brett Keane here. Ask him a question. Let's see what uh, let's see what happens and let's see what goes. Uh, or join the chat. There's a link in the description. You can join uh you can join our discussion if you like i can see the description right there right at the bottom the stream yard if you click the stream yard link um come and join us in the discussion and 
let's have a bit of fun and let's have a bit of a cordial chat, shall we? That sounds that sounds pretty good. Five watching. Whoops, a daisy. I've uh, overstepped the mark. I'm, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, banana software. Yeah, banana voice meter. Ah, that sounds good. I shall download that later. Hmm. Yeah, I'm quite I'm quite impressed with that. So, um, six watching. Hello, all you six. Um, why not Why not join in our discussion? You can click the link. Uh, you don't have to appear on cam if you don't want to. Uh, link is in the description. StreamYard, click the link. StreamYard link there. Sounds good. It's been a it's been a fine chat. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed our chat. Uh, it's been good. It's been nice and cordial, which is the way I wanted it. You know, no name calling, no nitpicking, no pigging about, and all the rest of it. It's been good. I've enjoyed it. I've got my Jack Daniels and Pepsi here. Hmm. I've got a can. And if I got too inebriated, um, I probably will start singing uh, a song. I don't know what about. Probably the Jaws one. Show me a way to go home. Probably that one. That's a good one. All three of them are in the boat, aren't they? And they all start singing Show Me the Way to Go Home and Good old Jaws. Twenty foot bloody great white shark comes up. There's evolution in action for you. Twenty foot shark. Jeez. Um, if you're not a fan of smoking, tough. Seven watching, welcome seven. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Oh, six watching. Is that because I just lit up a fag? Come on, come and join in. We're having a nice conversation here. Everything's superb, everything's lovely. Everything's nice and cordial. He's got, Brett's got his beliefs, I've got my beliefs. Um, we did clash. Yes, I'll admit, in the comment section um, of couple of my videos we did clash but getting along just fine this is what adults do so come on come and have a laugh with us and happy new year happy new year to everybody as he takes another swig whoops why is my phone just lit up ah there we go that's all right thought i lost my camera there for a second but, uh, yeah, why not pop in? My apologies, sir. <laughs> oh, you're all right. You're perfectly fine. Perfectly oh, fine. sitting there by yourself. Damn it. It's hateful. <laughs> it's hateful. All right. I got some more questions for you. Please do. Uh, are you uh, aware of anything that has come to life without having a living parent first? Mm. No, if we, apart from abiogenesis, no, because I do believe in the uh, self-replicating our inner life from non-life. So that's, I don't know if that's a cop out or not. But yeah, but in order for something to replicate, there has to be an original first, right? Yeah, true. But 
Um, I don't know the ins and outs of the RNA theory, but it does say it's life from non-life. So it could be that, um, like, like I said before, lightning struck something, and then we had life, and then that replicated itself. So From what you've observed throughout your entire life and existence, mm-hmm. has it always been the case that life comes from life and not some kind of just mm. nothing uh, sentient material? No, it's always no. Everything has a parent. Everything has a you know. Everything that's alive today always has an ancestor. So yeah, I believe that. How would you define the supernatural? Um, I would define the supernatural as non-existent. I don't believe in the supernatural. Well, the uh, I'll uh, I'll throw this out there for anybody that doesn't know. According to the definition of supernatural, it is something that exists beyond the laws of nature. Now, this could be spirits, ghosts, yada yada yada, but it could also be anything beyond the laws of science. Now. If the universe had a beginning, if we were to go to the common idea of the Big Bang that nature, time, and space came into existence, wouldn't that logically mean that the source existed beyond nature since the laws of nature didn't even exist, according to definition? Can you repeat that for me, please? Sorry. Sure, no problem. Please. So the supernatural is defined Mm -hmm. as something that exists beyond the laws of nature, Now, if we go with the common theory of how the universe started through a big bang, the beginning, nature, matter, time came into existence, that means that the original source that created the universe, whether you believe it's God or not, existed outside of the laws of nature, therefore defining it as supernatural by definition. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, But we don't... We don't know how um, this infinite, uh, this infinitesimal uh, singularity. We don't know where that came from, and until we do, that, it could be described as supernatural. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but until we know, uh, because the, the the laws of physics, I think, evolve over time. Obviously, they're always they've always been there. We just didn't discover them. So. Uh, it's a difficult one, really. See, even if we went with uh, the concept, even if we were both in agreement that we'll call yeah. it the singularity, mm-hmm. this is something that would have existed before the expansion of space and time and nature itself. Yeah. Therefore, this thing would have been sitting in a timeless, spaceless, immaterial place mm-hmm. before the expansion. There's only one thing that anybody knows of that can describe such a thing, something that is eternal, something powerful mm-hmm. enough to create a universe. It would be a prime mover such as God. Hmm. True. Or a God. Sure, sure. Not the, not the God or a God or a Sure, we don't have to throw a label on it. Yeah. I just wanted to see if we could at least get to a point where we agree that this could easily uh, be defined as supernatural. Um, I'm, I don't know if it can because I don't because we don't know where it came from. Uh, we don't know where this singularity came from. 
So well, there is something. there is some things that we could know though. We mm-hmm. could know according to science if we're going to go strictly based upon science. Mm-hmm. We would know that time, space, nature, and material, and all that you see in your perception of reality comes from that source that once existed in a timeless, spaceless, no nature place. Mm-hmm. That is defined as supernatural. You are literally the outcome of what you would refer to by definition as a miracle, your very existence. It could be defined as that, but like I said, we we don't know where it came from. And until we do, perhaps it could be described as um, supernatural, maybe. But um, until until we know, I, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that question where it came from, unless we see... Like another universe pop into existence, and then we study that, but that's never going to happen. Um, so it could be, yeah, I think you're right, it could be described as supernatural. All right, well, that's good. So, there is, would you say at this point, with the discussion that we're having, that it would make rational, logical sense to leave God on the table as one of the probabilities. Sure, there's other theories, there's other ideas, but there's nothing wrong whatsoever. It doesn't make us stupid to say, hey, there's a possibility for God at this point. Well, like I said before, there is a possibility. Um, But the evidence shows that there can't be. Or the... Um, how can I phrase this? Uh, not sure how I can phrase this. Um, ninety, like ninety percent of me feels that you know evidence backs up what scientists are saying, but as we don't know where this singularity came from, um, then there could be a possibility of a supernatural being. But then, um. I just don't believe in the supernatural. Uh, you know, I, I just, it's just one of those things. I, I just don't believe in it. But, well, I, you know, I, under, I understand the difficulty in this, but yeah, if yeah. we, if we well, both, made me think, though. If, if, if we do agree though, that there was a time when the universe simply did not exist, yeah. that there was nothing more than just this pulsing small energy source at the, mm-hmm where it all starts that yeah. thing existed where there was no time no space mm-hmm. no nature that by definition is supernatural so i don't i'm not um completely understanding why it is you wouldn't accept the supernatural by definition if that's exactly what they're claiming did you know it was actually a priest who came up with the big bang oh charles lamatra yeah yeah he, ca- he called it the big bang uh, because I, I think it was i think it was mickey taking slightly um, because you know he he thought it was so ludicrous, um, but yeah, it was it was a Catholic priest, wasn't he? Charles Lemaitre. I think it was a Catholic yes. priest. Yes. But whatever denomination, I mean, he he still came up with it, and it's uh, and then Einstein obviously expanded on it. This I think it's theory of special relativity that he expanded on. I can't remember. Oh, I don't. Oh, my head's filled with so much stuff. It's untrue, um, but. Uh, supernatural you've definitely made me think on that one i'll you know i'll i will concede that um because whether it's whether it's supernatural or not i don't know like i said before we we just don't know where it came from we don't know what kicked off the big bang and we don't know where this 
singularity came from. Um, it could be a law of physics that we haven't discovered yet. Um, but there is a small possibility of it being God. Are you familiar with Stephen Hawking? Um, I'm not read any of his books, but I'm fairly familiar with him. He believed Wait, in you God. know he was an atheist, right? Well, no, I think he's no, I think he started off believing in God. Yeah, whenever he started out, he believed in the, the possibility of God. He eventually mm -hmm. ended up marrying a Christian woman, and then he started studying the Big Bang, black holes, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But uh, it was one of the things that he um, uh, put forth. What was I going to say about that? Yeah, he was talking about all this stuff that we're talking about. This is actually referred to as the cosmological argument. Have mm -hmm. you ever heard of that? I've heard of it, but I've not read up on it, no. Right. I've, heard, I've heard about it, but I've not read up on it. So he was asked one day, he said, do you believe that the universe has any logic and rationality to it? And he said, mm -hmm. well, if it didn't, we would have an extremely challenging time trying to decipher it with science. It has to have some kind of routines and patterns to it, some kind of logic mm -hmm. or rationality. Now, my question for you is, if what Stephen Hawking or any of these scientists have said whenever they say this can logic and rationality exist without a mind? Mm. I don't think so, no. So if the universe no. is logical and rational, then the pantheist might have a point, huh? He might, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that, yeah. No, that's fair enough. That's fair mm. enough on that. Well, I guess I'll ask you a few more questions. I'll try not to make them all crazy and stuff. But... <laughs> no, I, don't, I, I, will, I will try to answer. If I don't know an answer, I'll just say I don't know. Okay. Are you familiar with a, uh, a site by the name of Psychology Today? No. Okay. Let me, uh, let me share something with you and then mm -hmm. see what your views are on it. It says... Yeah. Much research indicates that religious people as a group tend to have better mental health than the nuns as not nuns like in priest nuns mm -hmm. or Catholic nuns, but as non-believers as a yeah. group. This is manifest in various dictators, uh, indicators, not dictators. It says including lowest rates of depression, anxiety, suicide, self-harm, and substance use among the religious. Basically, according to statistics, and I can show you this if you want me mm -hmm. to put it up on the board, atheists have the highest suicide rate, the highest substance abuse. They also tend to not live as long as other groups in society and humanity. And my question is, why is this? And don't atheists want to be a part of things that benefit their existence and life? Obviously, I'd think so. But go ahead. Um, I'd have to look at I'd have to look at the website first and have a and have a good look at the uh, stats. Um, I'm I'm sure you're right on them. Uh, yeah, I've suffered and I still suffer from mental health problems, but I don't think that's because I'm an atheist. And I'm pretty sure that most atheists would would say that it's not because it's not because we have a um, a non-belief in a god that gives us mental health problems. It's other factors that influence that. Well, I um, I, I think that there's more than just a, a mental element to this. My theory mm -hmm. is this, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong. Yeah. But if someone doesn't follow like a a code or a religion or the moral idea that you shouldn't be 
putting tons of drugs into your body or drinking constantly because mm-hmm. religion says stay away from the drugs, stay away from alcohol. But we see like countless atheists, not saying you, mm-hmm. on the internet where they've got weed posters, they're constantly doing drugs, drinking during podcasts. Well, alcohol has depressants in it. It's going to yeah. cause a person to feel that way. And mm-hmm. then if you were to add they don't feel objective meaning or purpose in their life, Mm-hmm. and that their life is basically dust in the wind, I can see how that could come off pretty dark for some people. Mm-hmm. Maybe others can handle it, but that's yeah. that's a heavy load. Yeah, it is, but I don't think that... Um, I, I, I don't think that religion is the answer to everything. I don't think that religion is... Um, I'm not just talking about Christianity, I'm talking about any religion, really. Um, it's the way I see religion is, is that it believes it has the answers to everything. And I don't think it does. I mean, Christians suffer from depression as well. Christians commit suicide. It's just, you know, it's just that probably more atheists, but I don't think, I don't think it's, um, a lack of belief in a God that causes those things. Uh, there's hundreds of other factors that influence what an atheist does, and um, atheists have a code as well. I, I have a code. I want to live my life, uh, you know, uh, as best I can. Uh, you know, I looked after my children when uh, the mum left. Uh, well, right, know, it, but you, you would agree that uh, your your views about how you live your life would be considered what what I'm saying is I believe anybody can come up with some kind of meaning. Someone can yeah. say, Oh, I love music. That does it for me. My kids mm-hmm. are everything to me. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I can go along with that. Yeah. What I'm talking about is objective meaning though. Subjective is whenever someone expresses an opinion yeah. on what their meaning is. Objective yeah. is something that exists whether people believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Like if I say the ocean is real You'll be like, "Yep, that's objectively true. That's a fact." Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, it's a, it's a bit difficult because when I was um, when I was a believer and everything, when I was reading the Bible and went to Sunday school, I don't see my life being any worse now than it was back then. I don't see any change in you know. Obviously, there was there was children and relationships, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I've never tried, well, I've tried drugs, I think LSD once and a bit of whiz, um, but that's about it. And then I uh, didn't like it, stopped. I smoke uh, cigarettes and I drink alcohol, and that's the, those are my only um, vices, I think. Um, but uh, I don't see my life can being... I, can I give you an example of something? Yeah, please. Let's uh, let's just point at the Earth itself mm-hmm. as why this this uh, how the atheist may look at the Earth differently mm-hmm. than a religious person. A religious person will say, "Ah, we will be fine as long as God continues to protect the Earth, right?" Mm-hmm. But if you don't believe in God, then you have to be convinced that the Earth is this little blue ball that is flying billions of miles through space with literally billions of things that could put us out mm-hmm. of commission any second. That's a heavy load. That's something that's really hard to wake up in the morning thinking there's no protection, there's no love. You're yeah. basically on your damn own. But if a, if um, an object from space was to wipe us out, wouldn't uh, uh, who's responsible for that? 
Well, according to the Bible, there's a lot of destructive things, according mm -hmm. to Revelation, that will come from space that will yeah. cause damage to a third of the earth. So if something does happen, then the religious people were kind of right about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well this, but what about the firmament? There's no, there's no space, is there? I don't know. I wonder sometimes whenever I read about the firmament in Genesis, if it was just yeah. primitive men trying to describe the atmosphere and what was happening up there. Yeah. You know, one of the things I find unusual, Carl Sagan, he said something, you know who Carl Sagan is, right? Scientist, yeah. Yeah, he said, uh, we are children of stardust. You ever mm -hmm. heard this like really popular motto? Yeah. yeah what I find fascinating about that, even though he was clearly a skeptic himself, was according to the Bible, we're created from the dust of the earth. Well, you know mm -hmm. how the dust got here? From stardust. So how does uh, Carl Sagan and God seem to have agreement on this? Yeah, well, if there is a firmament, there's there's no there's nothing outside the firmament. So I did this space dust get into and get past the firmament and uh, and onto the onto the earth. I mean, uh, this is this is what confuses me about um, this is what confuses me about the Bible. Uh, it it seems to contradict itself, like like just now. I mean, you know, you you said yourself that Revelation says that you know an object from space will come and smash into us and kill us all. And according to Genesis, there's a firmament and there's nothing outside that firmament. So where's this object from space coming from? So well, even yeah. if you and I were to go with the idea that there was some kind of... I know that some people argue there that the Bible's claiming there was some kind of physical barrier. Let's say mm -hmm. we actually went along with that, that there was a physical yeah. barrier. Well, the Bible actually tells us later on in the story that that firmament went away. And that mm -hmm. it actually began raining for, you know, several, um, what was it, 40 days, 40, 40 nights days with the art story. Right. So the firmament, even if it did exist, even if we were to toy with the idea, it wouldn't have, ex the Bible itself says that thing went away. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't know that. Honestly, I didn't know that. And, well, the idea of a firmament, uh, uh, what's your thoughts on it? I mean, it sounds... Sounds preposterous to me. I mean, who put it there? Well, the idea of giant of? monsters roaming the earth millions of years ago is kind of complicated <laughs> for me to Dinosaurs go weren't monsters, no. Well, you know what I'm talking about. I just like, <laughs> I also describe abiogenesis as being wicked snot that got hit by lightning, <laughs> and voila, here we are. So I'm just kind of having a sense of humor. It's a podcast. Yeah, yeah, fine, fine. fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've enjoyed our chat. It's been great. So I think that that's uh, as far as the whenever whenever I say highest suicide rate, it is literally off the charts. If you were to look at the statistics on this, and I encourage anybody out there to take a look if you haven't seen my videos on this. Yeah. There's the second group out there who has the highest suicide rate is the Buddhist. And as you mm -hmm. probably know, Buddhist, the only difference between a Buddhist and an atheist is one meditates more than the other. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Being a I, think, terrible... I think a Buddhist meditates at all. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one. A Buddhist definitely meditates a lot more than I do. So there we go. We've got a second group who kind of associates themselves with the concept of atheists because they don't hold the idea of a higher power. Mm -hmm. Christianity's pretty low. Believe it or not, this will shock you. Islam, even though they've been responsible for suicide and mm -hmm. terrorist attacks, are actually smaller than Christianity. 
Isn't that weird? It doesn't surprise me at all. It, it, it doesn't because you've got like less than 1% of um, Muslims who are extremists. Uh, that's less than 1% who, you know, believe that the um, the words holy and war appear together in the Quran when they don't. So you, you got less than 1% there who truly believe that killing themselves and they will, you know, they will end up in some sort of, you know, higher vision with a Lord of Virgins, etc., etc. You got less than 1% that believe that. Um, but you get extremists everywhere. You get atheist extremists, you get Christian extremists, Muslim extremists. You know, it's it's not um, it's not um, contrived. It's not exclusive to one particular group. So, um, yeah, uh, every every religion has its faults. Atheists atheists have their faults, definitely. And you know, I'll I'll freely admit that. Freely admit that. The problem with I have that with young Earth creationists, they can never accept that they're wrong. Or they can never accept that they made a mistake, you know. And it's the way or the highway, and they're not capable of free thoughts. Whereas, I would say an atheist is is open minded. Uh, I've admitted that tonight. You know, I've said I've opened. You know, I never thought of, um, about God before the possibility of you know a super creator or what have you. But you know, chatting to you and I've you know and I've opened my mind to the possibility of it. That's because. I believe that I'm an atheist and I can open my mind to different possibilities and different theories and et cetera, et cetera, whereas a young earth creationist can't and won't do that. Not in the chats that I've had with them. Are you sure the label atheist is best suitable for you though? Because you had said earlier that you do mm. believe in the possibility of God. The definition, mm. at least the classic definition of an atheist is one who lacks a belief. Lacks a belief but you yeah. said you believe in the possibility. You sure you're not an agnostic or something? <laughs> I, I probably might be. Um, I don't know, but I've always described myself as an atheist because I didn't, I didn't believe in a god. Uh, I don't believe in any god. Um, but I've opened my mind to the possibility of there might be a, you know, there might be like a super creator or what have you. So um, I might be an agnostic. Yeah, you, you know, you may be right. You might, you might have hit the nail on the head. So why do you think it is? Atheist. Why do you think it is? I've I've spoken to many many non-believers uh, in discussions and all that. Why is it that if I ask a lot of non-believers, they're open to the possibility of God? But if I were to sit here right now and say, "Do you believe in the characters that exist in Harry Potter movies or Santa Claus?" You'd probably say, "Hell no, that's ridiculous," yeah. and stuff. However. Atheists are willing to say they're open to the possibility of God. Why do you think that is? Why do they give credibility to God, but not all these other characters? I don't think they're giving credibility to God. I think what it is, um, especially they're, they're open to the possibility of. I think that's I think that's different. Um, I mean, as we, we all know that Harry Potter's you know a, a fiction, um, you know it's it's made up. I think the reason why atheists are atheists is because um, the ones that I've seen and discussed with, um, they've read the Bible and there's contradictions in the Bible, and that's why they become atheists. Um, the one, uh, one of the reasons why um, I don't believe in a God is because religion has people like Ken Hovind in it, and Matt Powell and others, Ken Ham as well, who's those three 
Um, completely deny science. Uh, I don't care what Kent Owen says. He's an absolute science denier. Uh, he denies the geologic column, even though every geologist on the planet would disagree with him. He doesn't believe in a fossil record, even though he's got fossils and he keeps a record of those fossils. So that's a fossil record. So um, I just, I, I did, that's that's one of the things that, um, that's one of the things that turns me off religion. Well, I can, uh, I can understand. I, I personally like Kent. I've talked yeah, about Yeah, I know you do. Yeah, I've seen one of your videos. On. It's, uh, it's not some kind of worship or idolization yeah, thing, I know, yeah. but I don't know if you knew this about me, but I used to be a atheist for about 15 mm -hmm. years. And uh, Kent was one of those guys that would allow me to call him up and talk to him. And he would come yeah. in rooms and have discussion. He always, uh, it wasn't that some of his arguments blew me out of the water or something, but I always liked the fact that he was respectful, decent to me and all that. And if he would always say, if you ever need somebody to talk to, I'm here for you. And I could call him just pretty much yeah. any time. So out of that consideration, to me, I don't know if you're the same way on this, but when you meet someone, whether you think they're like a super scientist philosopher, when someone has a big heart, you tend to give them considerations. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. I respect, you know, I respect an awful lot of people. Um, I, I respect a person's passion for whatever discipline they ever, whatever discipline they choose. Like, for instance, religion. They, you know, if they want to be religious, then I'll respect that and absolutely fine and dandy. Um, I, res I respect a person's passion. Um, what I don't respect is lies and liars and and you know that's a uh, a separate issue but i do respect but a why would that uh, if you don't mind i have a problem with organized religion myself yeah mm -hmm. i believe in god i believe yeah. that there's a lot of hypocrites snake yeah. salesmen pieces yeah. of trash pieces of shit who hurt kids and do all mm -hmm. kinds of horrible things i don't like fake faith healers and all that mm -hmm. myself yeah. however this doesn't like take away from the idea of believing in God just because mm -hmm. there's a bunch of pricks on the planet. You do know, <laughs> you do know that even though I, I think that you said you were a believer in the past, you know, just as well as I, Jesus said, there's going to be a bunch of creeps out there who are going to yeah. come in his name. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And, um, uh, there's, there's a lot of bad on, uh, on every side. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bad in the world. And, I think it's up to us as human beings to uh, try and control that. I don't think uh, I don't think religion or any religion has an answer to it. Uh, that's and that's just me. I don't, you know, somebody goes out and kills somebody in the name of God, and somebody goes out and kills somebody in the name of Allah or what have you, and I'm thinking, why? Why you you're not going to get any thanks for it? You're not going to go anywhere special. You know, it's just it's it's madness. Doing things in the name of religion, I don't understand. Or doing bad things, sorry, doing bad things in the name of religion, I I just don't understand. I'll never ever understand that because I don't. Uh, and I never did anything bad when I was when I was religious, and I'm not doing anything bad now. That I don't, you know, I don't believe there is a god. So, well, don't you feel as though I mean? 
what I'm saying here, and I'm, I'm not trying to put you on the spot, mm -hmm. but isn't it kind of unfair to say there's a bunch of religious people out there, religious nuts, who are running around doing terrible things and claiming mm -hmm. that God did this to them? But if I were mm -hmm. to say to you, oh, the reason why I don't, uh, I can't listen to atheists is because Joseph Stalin, an atheist dictator, killed almost 40 to 80 million people. That would be unfair, wouldn't it, to say that atheism has no validity because Joseph uh, Joseph uh, was an asshole, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. But like I said before, there's a, there's a lot of bad on, on, on both sides. Um, you know, I, I don't single things out as being one as, as bad as the other, or this is, you know, this is worse than this, or, you know, I'd try not to do that. You know, if I do, but you know, I apologize for it. But well, you uh, you uh, put forth your your points on why it is that you disregard Matt Powell and Kent Hovind mm -hmm. and all that, and it just it kind of came off as you feel as though these people turn. You said your words were, if my memory serves me right, I'm an old man. What are you going to do? <laughs> but <laughs> I'm older than you. Said, you said it turns you off of religion. And religion, obviously, is associated with the concept of God. So that's the reason yeah. why I was like, why throw out the baby with the bathwater? That's, that's my view. Hey, if yeah. you don't mind, unfortunately, I've been yeah. drinking a lot of tea. Got to use the restroom again. Can you <laughs> no, promote you go your channel again? Go ahead. You're <laughs> oh, on the big yeah. screen. Yep. Uh, yes, my name, Mr. Jones, 1972. Come and join me on YouTube. Um, I have a pop at Flat Earthers mainly. Uh, I have a pop at Young Earth Creationists. I'm sorry if there's any Young Earth Creationists watching. Um, and I also have a pop at auditors. I dislike auditors. What are they called in America? Uh, First Amendment auditors, I think they're called. And they drive me up the wall. Why would you stand outside a police station hoping for a confrontation with somebody? I don't get it. It's stupid. And... If you're not careful, when you abuse something, they make it illegal. There you go. Just like alcohol, uh, just like, what was it? Prohibition in the 20s for for you guys. And crazy, crazy. Hello, heaven rules. I know you said hi, Brett, but hello, heaven rules. I, I hope you're okay. But um, yeah, come and join. Come and join in the fun. We're having a, a nice cordial chat about pretty much everything, basically. Some of it's religious based and some of it's not really. So come and have a join. And, you know, link is in the description below. Subscribe to Brett as well if, you, uh, if you're if you not already. He's got some interesting views and interesting things to talk about. He's made me think about a few things. So come and join in, please. That would be great. I'll just have a quick chat. Okay, look at that. I think everybody should come in actually. Let's get some people in. Let's have a let's have a good cordial chat and you know, let's have a bit of a laugh and a bit of fun. Brett's just having a quick toilet break because he's drinking too much tea. I think Brett is secretly British. Um if he's drinking tea. So it depends what tea he's drinking really. If he's drinking Earl Grey, then yeah, what a guy. Uh, if you're drinking uh, anything else but Earl Grey, then 
you're not decent in my book. I'm only joking. But please come and come and join in. Uh, six four watching now. Why not click? Why not click the like button? I've just done it. There we go. Seven. Yeah. There we go. I shouldn't smoke really, but old habits die hard, I think. But uh, how many have we got watching now? Four watching now. Why are you not typing in the chat? If you're watching, say hello. Hello, by the way, everybody. Hope you're all doing well, and I hope you've all had a really good Christmas and a really good New Year. Oops. And there we go. Just uh, burnt myself. There we go. one of the hazards of smoking that you tend to burn yourself quite a lot vum.ong what is that michael owens what is that are you spamming are you or is this genuine or i don't all know all right i am back did you miss hello me? <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the sights broke on my rifle so this next question I'm going to ask you, if you don't mind, yeah, this is actually a discussion I had with Aaron Raw a couple of times in the past, and he told me he was going to write me an essay on it, but he never got around to it. So here's the question. Um, let's say that uh, we were to put, um, put God aside from any alternatives or options on this, and we were to go with pure abiogenesis, spontaneous generation, life came from non-life, and all this. How would you explain pain receptors, though? I would say they evolved with... I would say they evolved. Um, You're aware that nature doesn't have any emotions or feelings. It's uh, Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, I agree with that, yeah. So why would we go from something that is... Uh, I hate to describe it this way because it's totally nasty, but some kind of snot film like thing to going through all these uh, anatomical uh, transitions. At what point mm -hmm. do you think that this, uh, this mechanism took place where we could feel an ouch? Um, I think some, I, I'm, I don't know if this is true, but I think some forms of bacteria can have, uh, have a sense I don't know if this is true or not, um, but I think some or some microbial um, microbial organisms can feel something, uh, whether it's pain or not. I don't know, but um, I would say the obvious answer is um, you know as soon as, as soon as brains started developing and you know limbs started developing, you, you'd have to have a nervous system for that. So. Yeah, that that's my that's probably my my best uh, explanation for that. Well, could you would you be able to describe any kind of reason why this would happen in the first place? For me, it makes mm -hmm. sense that if you were creating a machine or some kind of sentient uh, being, mm -hmm. and you wanted it to be able to feel joy, pleasure, but also pain, because you got to have your negative in order to have contrast with the good. <laughs> that you would program it with these kind of abilities. But since nature, according to an atheist, is blind, deaf, 
It doesn't know what it's doing. It's not like it's planning these things. Why would it give us this for? Um, well, balance is a sense, isn't it? So you got a sense of balance. So, you, you know, you'd have to, you know, to walk on two feet, you have to have a, a sense of balance. To walk on four feet, you'd have to have a sense of balance. So that's a sense, isn't it? Yeah, but that, wouldn't it make more sense if I were to say that a programmer wanted to develop something in a certain mm. way where it could balance itself? But nature doesn't have any emotions or thought process. So it doesn't even consider the concept if you can balance yourself or not. It doesn't care if you it doesn't care if you're born or if you die or you suffer. Nature's yeah. blind, it has no emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Well you couldn't you, um uh what's that robot called? Yes. Oh. I like Vicentio Man myself, the Robin Williams. Robin Williams film. <laughs> I've never seen that, but I'm, I'm told it's very, very good. I don't like Robin Williams. I must. Have, I'm not a fan of his. Uh, Mark and Mindy, I think, was the first and last time I saw Robin Williams. Oh, you shouldn't have said that publicly. There's going to be so much hate from the community <laughs> on you now. <laughs> well, they can have a drink on me, can't they? <laughs> So yeah, that, uh, yeah, Mark and Mindy was uh, the first and last time I saw Robin Williams. I had actually a Mark, um, a Mark toy stick figure and the egg that he came out of. I had, I had that when I was a kid. Oh, God. Oof. never again. But anyway, um, yeah. Uh, oh, honestly, don't know. I honestly, honestly, don't know. But. Uh, taking God out of the equation, why do we have feelings and senses? I just think they evolved because of whatever species it was, because of social social things happening. Um, I just think that the nervous system evolved along with whatever life form had it first, or what you know, it just evolved that way. That's that's pretty much what I think about it. Right, fair enough. This next question's pretty odd, um, but I think you'll find it interesting. Um, oh, yeah. You know what a uh, a sociopath is and a psychopath, right? Psycho- uh, sociopath doesn't feel anything, does it? Right. I think. Uh, For yeah. some reason, they've been born without the ability to be able to feel or sympathize with other people's Yeah, feelings. they don't have any emotions, do they? Yeah, they also disassociate uh, people's labels with how they define themselves. Like, it wouldn't matter if you were the father or a friend mm-hmm. or anything like that. They could just as easily turn around and stick you in the neck with a shank. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's how they are. Now, my question is, at what point in time did we evolve the mechanism that keeps us from uh, killing our children as they're replicated or reproduced? At what point in time did we was this already installed in us from the get-go and we just somehow managed to exist for millions of years without cutting each other to pieces or what happened there? Um, I think that when you have, when you have children, you, you have a bond. Definitely. Right. Some Um, chemicals are released and we form a bond. If, if the children don't have that, they could suffer from a condition called RADS. It's almost like a sociopath. Mm-hmm. So where did these chemicals even come from? It doesn't seem like nature cares if we eat our children or our children, you know, stab us in our sleep. So why have it? Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think it's I, I think it's more to do with uh, more to do with um, morals, really. I mean, why would you want to kill your own children? Why would you want to kill your spouse? Why Why would you want to? Well, you and I, we are complex chemistry at this yeah. point in our modern day. But I'm talking about back whenever we were still these fuzzy mm-hmm. wuzzies floating around the water, <laughs> according to the transitional changes. At what point in time did we get the mechanism? I would have to think if I went along with this process, mm-hmm. we'd have to have that set in place from the get-go or we would have ran each other into extinction. Well, no, because not everything's conditioned to kill is it i mean you kill for survival um uh, back well sorry way back when um you certainly kill for survival um if there was nothing else available then you would kill your children but there was back then something else available so you killed that instead and at that if there was nothing else available then you would probably kill your own child and then eat that but um but back then we were absolute savages and we didn't give a toss basically did we so uh, i think I think that way way back when there was no there was no moral structure with anything, um, and just an abundance of it probably did happen back then. You know, some, you know, like um, the majority of humans today don't kill and don't murder, and I think back then the majority of animals didn't kill or murder and um, murder their own children. So, uh, it's that's a difficult one as well. I think, oh, what am I thinking? I can't remember what I'm thinking now. I've just lost my train of thoughts. I'm sorry. Well, let's try something different. We can get back into it. I I understand neither one of us are like some kind of uh, scientist. We're just kind of throwing around some ideas, so it's all yeah. good. Yeah. My next question for you is more of a, uh, a moral hypothetical. I I love the creativity that comes out of people's thought process when they're answering these questions. Okay, so you're, uh, do you drive, by the way? So this Mm -hmm. question makes sense. Okay, so you're driving down the highway and all of a sudden you see a traffic pile up. Mm -hmm. Um, You hear some screaming and the screams sound like they're coming from females. Mm -hmm. You get out of your vehicle, you approach the accident, and you see to your left there is a woman screaming out the window, help me. Mm -hmm. You look to your right. There is yet another woman screaming for your help. You notice that there is gasoline, and you know that within moments there's going to be a flame that is going to kill everybody in the accident. Mm -hmm. You, however, had the opportunity to save one of these women. Now, they both are almost identical, not like twins, but they're just identical in age, everything. The only difference is one is pregnant. Which one would you save? Hmm. That depends. Um. Uh, because I'm. Uh, do I know this woman is pregnant though? Is she visibly pregnant? Well, of course, it's a hypothetical. Yeah. But you know just as well as I that this can realistically happen. We mm-hmm. have bad drivers in America, so we're used to this happening daily. You, you want to see it over here as well? <laughs> they, they are crazy over here. I've seen some of the car crash videos over uh, over in uh, the US, but uh, we're awful. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the same over here. It's, I suspect it's the same everywhere. It's crazy, especially in Poland for some strange reason. They're mental over there, but uh, especially the French as well. They're they're absolutely cuckoo. Then, um, well, 
hypothetically and morally, I would probably go for the pregnant woman. I'd probably save her first because you're saving really two lives, aren't you? I agree with that. Mm. Yeah, I'd probably, if I knew she was pregnant, then I would, um, uh, I would definitely go with the pregnant woman because, like I said, you, you're saving two lives. So you, uh, I take it you're not a, an abortion advocate. Uh, I am in certain certain cases. Um, I think I think that women have or should have the right to control what happens in their bodies. I definitely believe that. Um, I think if a woman is raped and she ends up being pregnant, then I think she has the choice either to keep or um, uh, uh, abort the child. But whenever it comes down to a life or death scenario for you, mm-hmm. you consider saving that one woman because you believe you're actually mathematically yeah. and rationally saving mm-hmm. two lives. So if yeah. that is considered a life by your perception, isn't mm-hmm. abortion considered killing a life? Um, no, because there's certain there's certain laws, uh, certain you know, you can't have an abortion over twenty weeks over here. I don't know what it's. I don't know what it's like for the US. I think it's twenty weeks. Um, so, um, uh, see, you've got me again. Huh? You see, um, yeah, you're killing two. You're killing a life. Yes. Is it a sentient life? No. Does it have thoughts? No. Um, you know, it's not even stated. You know, it's not even stated any major developments at all. So, um, but I believe that the woman should have the choice. See, so you believe as long as it's not, um, because it doesn't take very long for these pain receptors I was talking about mm-hmm. for the life form to actually have feelings and all this. I don't know if you have this happen over in your country, but we have some seriously disgusting people in America. We have them over here too. Less than two years ago, there was a a woman who got into an accident. She was in a coma. And nine months later, she ended up getting pregnant, even though Mm -hmm. she was in a coma, because apparently a a male nurse decided to abuse her while she was in this position. Now, my point is, she's not conscious and she can't even comprehend or have feelings. Does that make it right? You understand the question? It, I think I do. It doesn't make it right. You mean the male nurse assaulting the woman? Exactly. She can't feel it. She's not conscious. She's not aware. Usually the yeah. argument that abortionists make is that, well, it can't feel. It's not fully developed and all that, but it can at a very early, early age. It can't feel, but it can't comprehend the feeling. Right. So if something can't comprehend, although it's considered living, is it okay to abuse it or kill it? Um, abuse is a strong word, but you're not abusing it, are you? So I think that going back to what I said before, that a woman should be in full control, and um, I think in 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 certain circumstances, then yeah, I believe abortion is is right if it's the only choice. I mean, if you could. Uh, they can detect certain diseases now and certain conditions, can't they? So would you want, you know, 
a deformed baby being born and then living its life in in pain and agony. I mean, well, where, I, I where don't do know. you draw the line? I don't know if you realize this, sir. I actually have had a, a daughter born into the world, and the mm -hmm. doctors told me she would die. Yeah. And then they told me after a couple weeks of several surgeries that she would most likely be slow for the rest of her life. I was an atheist back then. It was mm -hmm. one of the things that caused me to lose my faith. She's 19 years old now. She's making A's in class. She's published in books ah. for her artwork and doing fantastic. Excellent. So we got to be careful whenever we hear what the professionals claim sometimes. <laughs> so I, uh, I I was just pointing that yeah. out because I wanted you to know I actually experienced something of that. Yeah. Oh. Well, I'm so... Yeah, a little... Um, being a little bit slower or, or something like that is a bit different from being you know, born without any arms or legs. Um, I believe so, that if the the life form that is inside the woman is causing the woman to suffer and perhaps die, mm -hmm. and the baby's going to probably most likely die in the process yeah. as well. Um, I am not one of these strict, like, whoa, just no matter what, you know, you got to force a woman to go through. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not like, I'm not like that at all. It's, you know, I think if there is a choice to be made, uh, but but then I look at it from both sides. What I do is I, I look at it from both sides, and I think, well, why can't you carry the baby to full term? If you don't want the baby, have it adopted. Uh, and this, you, you know, so I, I I tend to look at both sides of of whatever. And um, like I say, I just say, you know, if you don't want the baby, carry it to full term, and then have the baby adopted. You, you know, it might contribute something to society one day. You never ever know. So why not give it that chance? I have to say that I appreciate your intellectual honesty on these issues. You are the fifth atheist and thousands of people I've talked to has been open to other mm. alternatives besides taking out the life. Five atheists, and every one of them are my buddy. <laughs> so, <laughs> every one of them. So that that is cool that you're actually saying, yeah. all right, there are other alternatives. Let's mm. think about this before we make drastic Move. Yeah, it's yeah, it's what I, it's what I try and do. I mean, I'll I'll never, you know, if I ever became prime minister or what have you, I would never ban it completely. I would never ban abortion completely, but then I would never condone it completely. Um, so you know, I just think, like I said before, it's 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 the it's the woman's choice, and I think women in women, particularly in the world today, should have full full control of the reproductive organs and they should have the final decision on what whatever happens and women today in some parts of the world just don't have that and that's what um, shames me really and that's what upsets me sometimes i notice on both sides of the aisle in modern times there are both religious as well as atheists who believe in this concept of respect the woman's body mm -hmm. obviously you've heard this yeah. If you don't mind, I'd like to do another extreme hypothetical on you to see what <laughs> yeah, you go with it on. And I do this with anybody who has views on this either way. But um, mm -hmm. do you have any, like, cliffs or ledges or high-up places where you can stare out at an ocean or horizon where you're at? Yeah, plenty. Okay. So let's say that you go out and you're staring out at the horizon and you're finding content and peace but suddenly you hear some noises behind you. Mm -hmm. You turn around and you notice that there is a woman who's about seven to six months pregnant and she's racing towards the cliff. 
Now, you have the option of trying to talk to her, stop her, physically stop her, or you can respect her wishes as she screams, I'm tired of this world. I do not want to exist anymore. Fuck it all. I just, I'm going to jump. Would you respect her wishes and her body and her willingness to take not only herself out of the world, but that life? It is her body, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, this has happened to me once before. Not a pregnant woman, but somebody who wanted to um, end their life. Um, they they were all ready to do it. They had the pills and everything. They was crying and they was upset. And I just talked to them, basically. I let them empty themselves, empty all the problems onto me. And I talked to them and, and they're now doing pretty, pretty well for themselves. Um, so I don't take credit for that. I just think I've just awoken something inside them that made them feel a bit stronger and feel a bit better about themselves. If it was a pregnant woman, I would probably do the same. I would stop her um, from doing whatever she was trying to do. And I would talk to her. And if she still felt the same after, you know, conversation and stuff like that, right, off your pot. You sound like you have an intense moral code about you and principles and ethics and all that. I've heard yeah, some atheists. Time. I've heard some atheists actually laugh at the question and say, "Hell with her. She can become a pancake. I'm not going to even bother scraping her off of the bottom." But you're, you're like, I care. I do something. Yeah, I do care. I mean, it's you're not only. Uh, there's been there's been times when I felt, um, felt like ending it all. And I've gotten through it. And I think that having that experience, I think, helps me. And thinking about a pregnant woman trying to end it all, then, yeah, definitely try and help first. Um, if you can't help, if they're beyond help, I think something uh, something tricks or trips inside you and you think, well, you're beyond help, so why should I bother? And you get to, you get to a certain stage, and then you think, well, right, you know, if you want to, if you feel like that, if you feel like there's no other option but to kill yourself, then please go for it. But have a chat with me first, and then you know, see if we can resolve some of the problems or get rid of some of the demons that are flying around in your head, and 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 let's uh, and let's see if we can solve it, and and uh, hope you live a fruitful, happy life. Um, if you're beyond help, then. You know, take the jump. You okay. sound like a good man. Sound like a good man. Thank I'm glad you. that Thank I've been, I'm glad I've encouraged you to come in the room. Yeah, my, I'm glad my next you. my next question is also on the same thing. I kind of do a three part question to this. Mm -hmm. Um, so far, uh, me and you have been on the wavelength all the way through. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all right. So, this is obviously a hypothetical, but. Let's say you've been seeing a woman for a few years and you're really fond of her. She's fond of you. And she tells you that she has a surprise for you. So you go to a restaurant with her. You're sitting in a public place and she looks at you and smiles and says, I'm pregnant with our baby. I am pregnant with our baby. And you're either happy. Maybe you're nervous. Maybe you do whatever any natural, normal man does. After a little while, you say, I need to use the restroom. I'll be right back. You go. There's a stranger behind her that's been listening to the entire conversation. And when she's looking out the window waiting for you and not paying attention, he comes along and puts powder into her drink. 
Now, the powder is not going to injure her, not one single bit, but it is going to end the baby that is in the belly. It's not mm -hmm. going to cause her any strain, no stress. Till just a week later, it'll be cleaned out. That's it. Yeah. Should this man be held responsible uh, for taking the life of your child? Should yes. this be a crime? Yes, definitely. Why? Um, well, I think if you if you end a life, you 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 oh, oh no. I think if you end a life, um on purpose then you should be punished for it because that's illegal would you um, like to take a little bit longer to think about this because yeah know because you because of what i said about abortion right yeah take your time this isn't jeopardy i'm not no. rushing <laughs> i'm gonna get a smoke i want you to I've really of, really I've think heard of about jeopardy, actually i've heard of jeopardy i'll be um, right back you think yep. about it yeah flintlock how are you doing Flintlock, yeah, posting a lot of. Uh, thank you for posting um, some comments there. Flintlock, hi, you are great at your side. Soul protection, yeah, it's to protect clinic bombings. Yeah, I don't agree with. I don't agree with clinic bombings at all. I don't. Um, what I think about clinic bombings is people deciding what women do with their bodies I think that's wrong um, I don't think anybody should decide what a woman does with a body definitely not uh, sorry for picking my nose there. sorry about that um, yeah Flintlock what what are your what are your um, opinions on clinic bombings is it is it wrong is it is it right uh, do they have a point these people who commit these stupid crimes, do, do they have a point? I'd, lo I'd love to know your answer. I really would. Ugh. Itchy nose, I'm sorry. Sorry, Flintlock. Sorry to people watching. Why is six watching? Why is six people not typing in the chat? Come on, people. Come on. I know I know I'm English and I know my accent if you're American is probably a bit off. But it's just the way I talk. You know what I mean? I can talk in American if you want me to. Uh, can I talk in American? Hey, brother. How you doing? How you doing, y'all? Y'all all right? That's about as far as my American accent goes. And I do apologize for it. <laughs> I bet there's no people watching now. Oh, no, there is. Oh, cool. Jack Daniels and Pepsi. Good. Carling. Good. Two a point. Cigarettes. Not good. 
if you you know if you don't smoke then you're very lucky i don't like these non-smokers that preach oh don't smoke it's bad for your health well i know it's bad for my health but did you know that 100 percent of non-smokers die duh so flintlock if you're still watching what what is your what's your thoughts on clinic bombings bombings sorry let's see that ash on the computer here excuse me crikey it's 10 past three in the morning over here in the uk You know, I thought this chat was going to be like pretty combative, but no, it's been good. I've enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed this chat. I'm glad I came on board. Five people watching four people watching yeah usually these it's like new year so everybody's out partying mm. usually we got a ton more i expected a little bit of resistance on now that's sad yeah we were uh you and i were talking about the big bang earlier yeah. and uh i got a weird question for you mm -hmm. we talked about space time and nature and material and all that but would you agree that the recipe for our the existence of our minds came from the source no everything about you such as the concept of love your ability to love your ability mm -hmm. to think your sentience came mm -hmm. from the source whenever it created the universe because according to science mm -hmm. everything came from that point no no it didn't it started off as a, um the big bang it started off as a, a a super condensed little dot of energy if you will I mean, yeah. light, light itself didn't exist for what, of what I'm years asking after you this, is after what this. I'm asking you is you do believe that all the material that makes up who you are, even if we go with the evolutionary process, mm -hmm. came from that. It's not like there was some kind of other energy introduced from another universe or another system. No, it's formed it all, after that. It all came from the source, right? It was it was formed after that. Energy energy turned into matter. And that's that's how the stars and the planets formed, and the galaxies formed as well. Everything, not everything. This is this is why, this is why this uh, Kent Orvin drives me mad, because he says, and Matt Powell has said as well, everything on the Earth was contained in this dot, thirteen and a half billion years ago, and it wasn't. That's not what the Big Bang theory says. All the Big Bang theory says it was an infinitesimal, infinitesimal small dot. Of energy that expanded, um, converted into matter, and then that's how the stars and the planets formed. The planets right. and the stars didn't form until about nine billion years after the. Well, big bang. I, I'm not trying to argue. Uh, this is weird that it was this tiny yeah. or this big. Uh, to me, uh, whatever that source is, I'm not sure. You and I were never going to travel back to the uh, beginning of the universe to figure yeah. that out. My my point is is that. Obviously, it didn't just like jump right out and say love, right? <laughs> but you <laughs> believe that the the energy ended up eventually uh, had the materials required for us to be having our conversation today, right? Oh yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so here's where uh, the question is going to get weird. So I, I notice a lot of non-believers, they ask, well, how would we know that there's some kind of mind? Mm -hmm. If we know that the beginning of the universe had the recipe for life and the recipe for minds, then why couldn't we hypothetically go back in time towards at the point when the universe was all in, as you say, infinite? And what was the word that you used? Right. So if our minds and all this material came from that, why would you have a hard time believing with that much energy, that much power, as small as they say it is, could not have some kind of consciousness to it? Because energy doesn't solve consciousness. Aren't you made up of energy? No, atoms, molecules, not made so up of energy. no energy in you? Uh, there is, but that comes from... That, that would explain why I'm, I'm so tired all the time, sir. <laughs> I can, I can, <laughs> no, I contain energy. Uh, I make energy myself through eating food and drinking water. I produce energy. I'm not made of energy. I produce it. We all produce it. We're not made of energy. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You ready for some more questions? Just yeah, please think do. about it, I suppose. Yeah. All right, let's see. Okay, this next question is going to be really, really odd. All of them are, but oh, all of them are. Yeah, you really put me on the spot here, bro. <laughs> Would you say that atheism is subjective or objective? Right. D describe subjective to me, please. Again. Subjective would be uh, something that is considered the opinion, and an opinion mm -hmm. obviously can be wrong. Yeah. Objective means something is a fact, and there's no way to dispute that, no matter how big and intelligent your opinion may sound. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? That's a simplified yeah. version. Yeah. Like, uh, remember, yeah. I gave you the uh, example, the ocean is real. You're going to mm -hmm. say, yep, that is objectively true. Yeah. Um. I think it can be both. I think it can be both subjective and objective, uh, because atheism is a, a you know, a, as you all obviously know, it's just a, it's just a lack of belief in a in a god. So I think, um, because the atheists that I know are so uh, open minded, um, I think it can be. I think it can be both atheism, atheism, yeah. All it right. can be objective. It can be objective, you know. It can be true, um, but then again, it could be an opinion. You know, I have an opinion that God doesn't exist. Can I prove it? No. Is it subjective? Probably not. But it can. It can be both, can't it? Really. All right. Well, I appreciate your answer on that. Mm -hmm. The next question's totally uh, different than that one, though. <laughs> Let's say tonight you go to sleep, you wake up tomorrow, and it's extremely dark in your room. There's only there's two doors that you see up against your wall. One of the doors states, universe without a God. The other door says, universe where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, whether you're Catholic or whatever, it doesn't matter if you believe they're the same or anything, just that you know that Jesus <laughs> is running one of these universes. Now, the catch, obviously, is if you pick universe without a God, the universe is no longer protected. There is no God over the earth. 
And at some point in time, every accomplishment and thing that mankind has ever done will be destroyed as science claims the universe will die one day. Mm -hmm. Or you get the universe with Jesus, where he's running the show. There is an afterlife. You are protected. What would you uh, go with if you had a choice? This isn't about faith. This is you know for a fact that if you step through the door, you can't go back to the bedroom. Um. I would go with the universe without God. I'm a bit of a risk taker. Um, I don't, I've always uh, considered myself a maverick throughout my adult life. Um, I'm both a maverick and um, a, a bit of a rebel, really. I've never really followed rules or regulations. I've always hated them. I've always believed that I could do better, which is probably why I've been sacked from really every job, every job that I've ever had. But um, I would probably, yeah, because I would have to, I would have to see both sides first. I think, I think that's the furthest thing. Um, the furthest thing I can say is I'd have to see both sides. I'd have to open both doors, really, and see which see which ones are best, and then go through that door. But then, you know, it's. It's saying that there is a God and saying that there is a Jesus Christ. And, you know, I'd have to see him first, basically. I, think, I hope that answers your question. Well, it's uh, the hypothetical kind of mm. goes like this. You'll know for a fact that if you step into the Jesus universe, he is in charge. Mm -hmm. There's no faith. Uh, whatever you need to be seen or whatever views you need, Jesus will uh, mm -hmm. ask and you shall receive for you. But the other door is obviously the nihilistic atheist universe. It's where one day, not only are you taking a risk for yourself, mm -hmm. but every human, every life form on earth will one day be eradicated due to nature mm -hmm. and the destruction of the universe. Yeah. Is it worth it? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. Um, because uh, we didn't make advancements in science or... Um, or just general knowledge, really. We didn't make advancements because we were protected by something. We made advancements because people took risks. We went into space and we landed on the moon. That's people taking risks. You know, they weren't protected by anything. They just, you know, we landed on the moon because we took risks. And I think that's just basic human nature we like. We enjoy pushing ourselves to the limit. And how can you push yourself to the limit when you've got you know, a Lord behind you, protecting yourself from everything. Well, people who believe in God don't always think that God's going to protect them in a life yeah, true, death, true. death yeah. position. Yeah. I don't know if you have this in your country whenever things are going on, but whenever they launch a rocket with people on the end of it, they usually say Godspeed. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you realize this. I've also done videos in the past where mm -hmm. I actually called up some of these organizations associated with NASA. And I, I it took me, there was some aggravation with a couple people, but most of them admitted they believed in some kind of higher power. Mm -hmm. So I think that whenever they're going out there, I think if you're putting your life in danger and you believe that there's something out there, you'll believe mm -hmm. there might be protection, but you also believe if you're not and you die, then at least you may have the chance or opportunity to continue your life, your existence yeah. in the afterlife. 
But if you're a non-believer, that would be everything. Is it mm -hmm. worth it to even get in a damn rocket and shoot up with the possibility yeah. you might blow up like the Challenger? Yeah, um, well, uh, my missus, she asked me practically the same question, but in a different context. She said, um, a manned mission to Mars, would you take it, knowing that it's a one-way trip? And I said, yes, straight away. To go to Mars? Yeah. That's a kind of a deserty type of planet. That's <laughs> yeah. rough. But to be the first person in throughout human history to land on another planet, it's it, it's something unbelievable. And it's something that obviously my children will never forget, and my grandchildren, my ancestors, et cetera, et cetera. It's something that nobody will ever, ever forget. And that will be if... My, if me setting foot on a on an alien world somehow bettered the human race in such a way, and I think that it would, and then that would get me through. See, it's it's on the way you answer that, and I totally admire your answer. Mm -hmm. But what's weird is when I ask you the prior question about if you chose the atheist universe. You do realize it sounded to me like it was really important to you that you be remembered for doing the first thing on another world. But if our mm. Earth and the universe crunches, or it's not important to me, no, it's it's just something that I would do if offered the chance. But it's you'd like to be remembered. You'd like to be credibility yeah, for written, having it. Yeah, by my family. Yeah, that's that's important to me to have the to have the um, consent of my family. And so I have the respect from my family. That's more important to me than having the respect of the entire human race. Right. That's if, that's much more if, important if to me. If the universe ends, <clears throat> wouldn't that mean everything that your ancestors as well as descendants have done, they won't remember? It'll all be forgotten, just wiped out. Well, yeah, if the universe ends, there'll be nothing to remember me by. So, you know, there'll be absolutely nothing, will there? So it wouldn't matter one, you know, one iota whether... You, you know, because nothing's there, is it? If the universe ends, there's absolutely nothing at all there. So it wouldn't matter to me, uh, uh, you know, at all. Yeah, we keep on talking about the end of the universe, but we got a damn big old giant rock approaching the Earth in 2022. And they say it. that even if that somehow passes us, we're going to have uh, other rocks all throughout the entire year coming very well, it's close gonna, it, It's going to miss us by... Um, I think a couple of million miles and um, in space terms, that's pretty close. It won't have any effect on us. Well, let's hope. You well, know, if I were the president of the United States or the government, I would probably be thinking, you know, if I tell people they're going to get hit by a rock, they're going to be acting like assholes for the next six months waiting on that <laughs> time to come. So maybe I'll just tell them everything's all right. It'll just fly right on by. Yeah, but you've got thousands of amateur astronomers out there, thousands of amateur astronomers who will absolutely notice these things. I mean, there's asteroids out there with who's been named, uh, who have had asteroids named after them because they've, because they've discovered them. And these are amateurs. These are people with just a telescope and a camera. So it would get noticed and word, and because of the internet, obviously, then uh, it, word would get around pretty quick. I watched a uh, movie recently on Netflix. I don't know if you guys get Netflix. You ever heard yeah, of it yeah. called Look Up? 
I've not seen that yet. I'm I'm busting to see that. I'm gonna try that. I'm gonna try that. Not gonna spoil anything for you, but you can kind of tell from the trailer. Um, yeah. The scientists they come forward and they tell all the leaders that this is gonna happen. That something's coming towards mm-hmm. our Earth. And uh, according to the trailer, no spoilers. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. Yeah, I heard you discuss this earlier on before I joined, and that upsets me. Um, I can't understand why the Cardassians are famous. I just can't for the life of me fathom out why they are famous. It's just baffling because they're absolutely talentless. What a talentless bunch of non-entities and the, one of them's a billionaire for crying out loud. And more people care about that than they do. More people can name all the more people can name all the Cardassians and still not probably not sell who's who presidents of the United States, for instance. They know more about the Cardassians than they do about the history of the United States. And that blows my mind. It really does. I have no interest in celebrity whatsoever. I have a great deal of respect for science, obviously spirituality mm-hmm. as well. But I just find our world to be distasteful in the idea that it is more likely for it to trend on Twitter that someone figured out mm-hmm. how to stick their own hand up their own ass as opposed to a <laughs> comet coming towards the earth. Yeah. It makes me sad. It does, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a guy on there's a guy on YouTube or Twitter or TikTok or one of them who's got like eight million views because he farted. And it just baffles me. I follow people on Twitter that are actual scientists and who have a a genuine passion for science. And there's there's a lady called uh, Kristen Kristen Banks, and she posts like minute long videos, and she uh, she answers questions on like you know why why black holes exist and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And she's so passionate. And this is what I admire about people who are passionate. And she and she's absolutely wonderful. And I tend to skip past these. Birds with who are wobbling the tits all over the place, and they get like hundreds of thousands of views because they're wobbling the breasts all over the place. And then you get like real people who are scientists and educated and all the rest of it, and they get like a couple of thousand views, and it drives me mad. I mean, what's the problem with learning? What is the problem with actually learning something, taking an interest in something? If you if you've got to make money to get if you've got to get your bits out to make money, then where's the talent? I like talented people. I agree with you, and that's one of the answers I would probably give people out mm. there. I've been asked repeatedly by um, non-believers who I totally respect, and dig, and also some who hate my guts. They say if there is a God and He loves us, then why does He allow us to? allow people to starve to death and suffer and all this. See, I have this idea that God gave us the ability to be able to take care of each other and protect each other. He gave us all the tools. But instead, we're worried about what Kardashians wear in that fucking day as opposed <laughs> to a starving kid. And it's like, uh, if I were to stand before God and say, God, why didn't you do this? I would suspect that God looked me right back in the eye and say, why didn't you and billions of others like you do something about it? And then what am I going to say, right? Well, then God protects. Well, Jesus well, protects. I mean, you, you know, if this is this is the thing with the two doors, Jesus protects us all. In in that 
if I went through that door, would there be no starving children? Well, that's the thing, though, isn't it? You take yeah. the universe with a uh, with Jesus Christ, yeah. and you know that whether you live or die, you're still going to be with Jesus in the end, yeah. no matter yeah, but, what. Yeah, but whether you live or die, it's it's how I die that concerns me. I mean, I don't want to go out of this world in a lot of pain. I mean, I would do if I went to Mars and be the first person. I, I would do. I would be unless they give me a suicide pill. But um, if you know, if Jesus protects through the second door, would there still be starving children or would everybody be protected? I mean, how do we control everybody? How does God control six, seven, eight billion lives on this planet? Well, I don't think controlling like in Master of Puppets, the album cover of Metallica or something like that. I believe he gives us our free will and sentience. There was a, um, a, a point I was wanting to make about something. If right now, if God were to decide that he wanted to change up the plan a little bit and say, you know what, I'm going to come down and I'm going to make myself visible to the entire world. I'm going to perch myself on the highest building that exists. What do you think would happen with human evolution or how we would live our lives if God were to sit there in front of us every minute of the day for us to see him? I don't think it would affect evolution. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it would. No, I it don't would. mean evolution like in yeah. the stuff we were talking about oh, earlier. Okay. I'm, I'm talking about how would humanity react to this or behave, even if they became accustomed to God being up there yeah. year after year. How do you think people would uh, do things and how would life go? Um, with skepticism, I think. Um, there's been many people throughout history that's claimed to have been God or Jesus or what have you. So I think that he'd be treated with a degree of skepticism. If he was genuine, I would love to meet him. And the first place I'd take him would be, or one of the first places I'd take him, I'd take him to the Vatican and see what the Pope and how the Pope lives. I mean, that man lives in absolute luxury. And I'm sorry to say for any Catholics out there, he has conned people out of that money. He really has. He's stolen and he's conned, or his religion has stolen and conned people out of all that money. Um, oh, would it change my mind? If God was real. Not so much yeah. change your mind. That's not um, what I'm talking about. Uh, I suspect if God came down, he would be so powerful, he could make it, if he wanted to, he could force you to know that that's him if he wanted to. The The yeah. point is, is yeah, you know this is God. Everybody knows. Aaron yeah. Raw knows it's God. And God ain't going nowhere now. Now he's just going to sit on the highest building in the mm -hmm. world and anybody can engage him, interact, Will this change the way people think? Do you think a person be willing to run down the street and rob the bank as easily? Not if they knew that God was there, no. A, a, a real physical being. Um, I don't think they would. I think people, I think the majority of people will be fearful. If, you know, a God did that, I think, you know, they would be fearful. Definitely, because they would wonder, Christ, you know, if I committed a crime or what have you, or I committed a sin, how would God punish me? Would he take me? 
and give me death or you know what would he do to me i think a lot of people would be fearful well there's a lot of people that are fearful of religion and i don't understand why well let's say that the god makes it clear let's say he does what uh you read about in the old mm -hmm. testament he lays out some rules he says uh if you kill someone or you lie to people or you do any of these things yeah then this 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 and that's going to happen to you mm -hmm. so you i i don't know if you're um you're getting where i'm going with this mm -hmm. but you do realize that mankind would completely change their peripheral on how to exist yeah. knowing that the god is right there it's mm -hmm. come it's almost like i don't know if you're a fan of star trek but how um have you ever seen where the ship they have this thing called the prime directive oh yeah 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 where they can't interfere with um any planets or anything or the evolution of any planets yeah, why do you think they do that for um because they, i don't think well they don't know the religion of that particular planet do they so if they do it's like at the beginning of um was it into darkness star trek into darkness where they do interfere with it and then they start worshiping the starship enterprise don't they exactly so it's, so it's probably a you know it's probably a god complex thing there you know they don't want to be seen as gods or they don't want to be seen as interfering um because when you set up an organization you have to you, you know you have to be seen as good you know you have to be seen as doing things right you have to be whiter than white to set up an organization because you know you want to a make money and you want to make people believe that you are good and proper and everything you know and all all, all the rest of it so what would you rather have would you rather god allow you to live the life be the master of your own destiny with god being real or would you rather god make it clear that he is sitting there all the time watching you every time you decide to pick on your little mm. sister uh-oh <laughs> <laughs> um i would rather god not interfere i would rather that god give me my own destiny and let me make choices if i make mistakes then i make mistakes but i don't want to be punished for those mistakes and unfortunately that's not what god teaches is it and you know if he, if you make a mistake you will be punished but he will forgive your mistakes if you believe in him and then go to heaven and all the rest of it and that's something that i don't i i, I don't hold much water with you agree that human will even for religious people sometimes mm -hmm. religious people as well as non-believers will do things that completely go against the will of god because we want to do our own will so what you're saying yeah. right now is pretty much exactly the same choice that whether you take the story as fact or just some kind of lore or mythology, the story is telling you that God gave us the opportunity to make our own choices. And we said we wanted to do things our way. So here we are. Yeah, but then I would have to admit that a God exists and I don't know if there's a God or not. Well, I, what I'm basically stating is that the question that I ask you, it's kind of framed in a way where it's, what would you do if you were like in an Adam and Eve's position? Would you rather have your own will or would you like to yeah. constantly walk with God and do as he tells you to do? No, and I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have, I'll take a bite of the apple. Yeah. I want my own destiny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd want my own destiny, definitely. You know, I want to be capable of free, free thought and 
you know, and make my own decisions. I don't want God to make any decisions for me. If, you know, if a God exists, I wouldn't want him to make decisions for me. Well, shouldn't you get the credit and shouldn't you get the pleasure from your decisions as well as the consequences? Uh, no, not really. Um, because I don't want, I, you know, I will live my life how I choose to be. If somebody praises me for it, then absolutely fine and dandy. I don't go out seeking any praise or any, you know, acknowledgement for decisions I've made. And I don't want, um, you know, I don't want to be punished for it. I mean, it's a, you know, it's like a two-headed coin, isn't it? I mean, I don't want, you know, anybody making my decisions for me. So I'll make my own decisions. If I make mistakes, then I'll make mistakes. Well, um, even some of the good things that happen to you will have a negative effect on someone else. I'll give you an yeah. example. You're working a job. You've worked mm -hmm. there several years. Your boss comes to you and says, I'm going to promote you today. You're going to be making an extra 20 bucks an hour. How's that sound? You're like, oh, hells yeah. But you just took the position that somebody else might have had, and now they have to continue to go along with what they're doing. See, even mm. whether it's a good thing, a bad thing's going to come out of it. Whether it's a bad thing, sometimes good yeah, things come out of it. Yeah, that's happened to me before when I worked at um, when I worked for a company over here. Um I only worked there for a few short weeks. I got promoted above other people that were half my age. But I had experience on my side, and that's what made me better. And they were pretty salty about it. And I said, well, tough. Work harder. Work like I did. And, you know, and it's it's just one of those things. It doesn't That sort of thing doesn't bother me. I don't have sympathy with those people. Um, if you want to be a success in life, you will work and be a success. Uh, you know, if that upsets other people, tough. Basically, I don't have any, like I said, I don't have any sympathy with anybody that didn't get promoted because I got promoted. I mean, I work for it myself. If you worked as hard as I did and was as successful as I was, then you would have been promoted. And that's their problem coping with that, not mine. I'm perfectly happy. Got another interesting question for you. Yep. Let's say that one day you do a live show on your own YouTube channel and you're in a particularly salty mood that day and you <laughs> decide to let this uh, mystical God thing, whether it's real or not, have it on your channel. Well, as you know, there are non-believers that have said some pretty rough stuff about mm -hmm. the concept of God. Now, what if you had the ability to push a button where you could see several webcams of who's watching you, and you turned it on, and 90% of those people were young teenagers or children? How would that, uh, would it stop you from going on, or would it bother you at all that you have a bunch of kids watching? Wouldn't bother me at all. Uh, I'd alter my language. Um, I wouldn't uh, swear. Uh, what do you guys call it? Cuss? Is it cussing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, some I, of us call it cursing. Cursing. Oh, right. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't cuss as much. Um, I'd alter my language slightly, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't alter. I wouldn't alter my beliefs for them, or um, alter anything that I was saying. I'd alter how I'd said it, but I wouldn't alter anything that I was saying. 
um, because you know they they are watching me. So I, you know, if they have a reason for watching me, they like what I'm talking about. So I talk what I talk about. I'm very honest in that way. Um, you know, people have said to me on on YouTube, "Why don't you alter your accent slightly?" Because we can't understand you. And I say to them, "Tough. If you don't understand me, if you don't like what I'm saying, or if you don't like what you're watching, then switch off." That's that's been that's been my philosophy since I became, you know, active on YouTube. That's been always been my philosophy, and it's always been before YouTube. Actually, if you don't like what I'm saying, don't listen. Well, I can understand you. You come through just fine for me. I did suggest earlier to bring the treble up on the EQ. Uh, that way you come through even more crisp. Oh, yeah. But yeah, you're good to go. Thank you. All right. Let's see if we got any more questions. Oof, we are wrapping up at about three hours. So I do this every Friday, 7 p.m., by the way, if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have another chat with you sometime. Yeah, definitely. Let's see. Oh, uh, there was one thing I was wanting to say before I get into any of this stuff. I know I uh, made some comments about dowels and all that kind of stuff. If you go back to some of my earlier podcasts, you'll see I have a lot of atheists and religious friends who come in and show off their cool toys to me all the time. <laughs> and I uh, I just like to bug the hell out of them and stuff. I go, is that a My Little Pony back there? Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I goof on them, but I, uh, I, I dig it. I'm a father. Well, I'll tell kids. I'll tell you what the I'll tell you why they're the um I did explain it in a video. Um and the the way I said it in the video or what I said in the video was YouTube said I've done some re- research on YouTube and it does say have something interesting in the background. And those are the only things. The Scarlett Johansson one, the Black Widow one, uh the top two were gifts, and the bottom two are things that I want at a fairground. That's fair enough. Good explanation. Now nah, they don't look, they don't look bad or anything like that. It's just goofing and stuff. I like that. <laughs> I know. I know. My buddies. I, I've said some things as well. So you know. <laughs> All right. This next question is pretty interesting. You were talking about a, we were talking about the whole idea of God protecting, right? Yeah. Are you familiar with DMT? No. All right. So you've heard of these people who claim. Oh, you got a cat. My wife would lose her mind. She's got 20 of them. <laughs> All the strays come to our house in the woods. <laughs> All right. So here's the qu- DMT. Um, you've heard of people who claim to have these uh, out-of-body experiences where they supposedly died for about 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, there's been atheists as well as religious people who claim they've seen some weird stuff. And it always seems to be spiritual. Mm-hmm. And then they wake up and then they try to describe this. Well, one of the explanations they have for this is a chemical called DMT that releases, I guess, into the chemistry of the brain, where mm-hmm. this is how doctors explain people see these things. Yeah. Now, do you follow? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Now, here's the weird question. Okay. Obviously, this DMT releases whenever someone is, their body's breaking down. Mm-hmm. It's as if nature is releasing the chemical and it causes a euphoric effect where they yeah. go into a relax, re- relaxation type of state, mm-hmm. meaning that they're able to die more blissfully instead of feel the full-on suffering whenever they, they go out of this world. Yeah. Now, my question is, is how would nature know how to make such a chemical to resolve and make us content at the point of death? Mm. 
Is the, is the such a chemical? Is the is this yes? Right? It's called DMT. In fact, there are people that use this chemical, this brain chemical, in order to make drugs out of it, so they can have these. Um, how shall I say? Some people would call it spiritual experiences. Other people just to get high, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I think that's the main reason for it. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's uh, I'd have to do some research on DMT. Um, uh, yes, you one. actually have these chemicals inside yeah. your body. You were talking about that you don't want to die hard. You don't want to yeah. die bad. I get that. Neither do I. I don't want no. it to be slow and horrible. The point is, though, is that it just doesn't seem to make sense, the idea that a blind, cold, unfeeling, unemotional nature would create such a mechanism that would make it more peaceful for you when you're on your deathbed. Basically, you feel like you're drunk and high as you're going out, yeah. almost like your own version of morphine running through you. So why would the body produce that? Why would nature even come up with this for? How does it know when you're going to die in the first place? Well, I would throw, I would throw the question back and say, why wouldn't it? I mean, because it doesn't care when we die. Does nature even know whenever we're going to die? Does it? Yeah, exactly. Does it? Uh, do we know? We we don't know. Uh, that would be my. If you want to, if you want to argue, there may be a consciousness or a mind in nature. I won't have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, you you call it God. You uh, come on. Let's let's have it right. Let's play the game. But um, yeah. That is a difficult one. Why would why would nature produce what is in effect a painkiller? Uh, I would say why not? Because we're conditioned to defend ourselves, aren't we? Every everything in nature is conditioned to defend itself, right? So why why wouldn't it have something extra to if it did get injured or what have you? If this if this thing got injured, why wouldn't because it have... nature doesn't know that we... It doesn't care if you survive. Nature doesn't yeah, care nature, if you make nature, it. Nature cares if we suffer from pain. Yeah, it doesn't it? care if we suffer. It doesn't care when our birthday is. I never got a Christmas card from nature. <laughs> so... <laughs> I didn't see that. That was weird. I, I don't like Christmas, so it drives me mad. Something to think about. Yeah, my is, only yeah. my I hope that uh, I, I know you probably haven't had time to go through my videos. For me, it's not so um extreme as Matt Patel or uh, Matt Powell or Kent Hoven. Yeah. All I want people to do is to simply have an open mind, to simply uh, ask some yeah. questions that make people think a little bit yeah. more about different alternatives yeah. at the end of the day if a person doesn't come along and go with it i can be friends with them i can respect and appreciate where they're coming from and i hope that makes sense yeah do definitely does i mean we've been perfectly cordial haven't we with you know we've had a little spat haven't we on the um, on the comment section but you know we've been perfectly cordial tonight and respectful and you know that's the way i wanted it to go so uh yeah you've certainly you certainly made me think. I'll, I'll put it that way. Certainly made me think. So let me uh, put this forward to you as well as everybody I still out there. Uh, I still won't believe in God, though. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well, at least you're open to possibilities. That's I'm open to possibilities, yeah. So 
um, every time I uh, do this Friday thing, the video yeah. is always up on the channel, the scheduled video. And there's a yeah. button where you can click reminder. That way it gives you notifications. Oh, yeah, case. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So you'll know anytime. There will always be a link in the description to be able to join me and have a good time. Sound good? That sounds good, yeah. I won't be able to join like every Friday um, because Mrs. Jones, I don't live with Mrs. Jones. I look after my mum and yeah. she comes around sometimes. So it's it's always a bit up in the air. But I will definitely join you on on a future one, definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to be uh, getting out of here. It's running Certainly, on three yeah. hours. And then uh, I want you to have a, a beautiful, blessed New Year's and all that and have a good time. And hopefully we don't get hit by the big rock and roll that's coming. <laughs> no, and all the all the very best to you. And I, I, I sincerely mean that. All the very best. All right, man. It was a good time. See you later. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Hey, it's Justin Keane here. Uh, got some exciting news and some more things going on here. We're going to be hanging up some green screen tomorrow, get some cool video effects going, uh, get some more content out to everybody. You know, have a good night.